He's got the mango. He got the mango. He got the mango. Tiffany, right, Tiffany? Yeah. So I got a gift today. This is a this is a mango, right? This yeah. is what it is. Yeah, not a mangrove. A mangrove is a plant you can't cut. David, do we need to do a mic check? We're all right. Check one, two, Tom, check, you want to do a mic check? check? One, two, mic check, check, check yes. Check. Tom's very loud. Unless you were just yelling. No, he was just cool. I was yelling. Okay. No whispering, Tom. No whispering. Hey, this is Tom Ellsworth on the Energy beach, up. Energy I'm up. I'm here to tell you. Energy damn. up and argue a little bit. You know what damn. I mean? Let's oh, we're let's gonna, impose um, your argument. Don't just be Tom, a, I know we're friends in real life. We could pretend we're not friends on the show. It's fine. I'm good with that. Your fist fight you. Oh, fist New fight you, York Biz Doc. City, we are live. Are we live or not? Are we allowed to tell people we're that you're in New York live. City? Oh, are we oh, back hey, here? We hey, are officially. Are we, we allowed to tell people you're in New York City? No, you're not allowed to. No, I don't want you to it. tell no, them. I failed. Don't I failed. tell anybody I was in New York City. Well, yesterday. nobody needed to know that you were in Italy. No, last no, we're in South Florida, which only feels every, like New York City. Everything Everybody today has to do with this mango. Have you ever had somebody walk up to you? Tiffany just walks up and says, Here's a mango. Yeah. I'm like, what do you want me to do? With Five it? minutes before it? you. So, Tiffany, if you're listening to this, thank yeah. you, Tiffany. Yeah. I appreciate the mango to start She's off the day. handing out mangoes. Yes, we got Vitamin You know what angels. they say about mangoes, though? Here we go. Uh -oh. If your man ain't treating you right, you got to let that man go. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Ain't treating you. All these jokes. I'm going to tell, hey. tell the Mrs. Bizdoc. The, ain't treating what do you call you right, your wife you again? Let the Bizdoc babe. The Bizdoc babe. You got to let that man go. If, if Bizdoc ain't treating you right. By the way, somebody said babe. they're running late. I got to give a shout out to FA's comments. FA said, Pat forgot to fill his tank and is waiting on AAA to fill it up. The other there day. There we go. The other day, I'm going to, uh, what do you call it? Global, global what? Global. Uh, Global, what, global entry? That's what's called global entry. Yes. Right? Free. So I'm going to global entry in uh, yeah. Fort Lauderdale, and I'm driving down. You got it now. First of all, the traffic is insane going over there. And the bridge at Boca, when it goes up, at least it's like two minutes. Mm. The bridge by the port that went up was 20 minutes. It was a massive bridge. Oh, well, Port Everglades, right? Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah it's so Port Everglades right by the Massive. FLO. I'm waiting for this thing to go. Finally, I make it. By the way, my, my car's at zero at this point. I have no... For about 15 minutes, I've been at zero miles. And I post the <laughs> picture. And I'm like, it's over. This is going to be like my 50 time. I'm running out of gas. And I'm optimistic. It's the attitude of an optimist. I think we're going to make it. I think we got 10 more miles on empty. I think we can pull this up and do the impossible. And you know what? The Shelby said, the Shelby said, you're right. Ooh. The moment I found this gas station, thank God for the Chevron right off the bridge. I pulled up. The truck turns off. Turned off. Turned off. So that's Done. what happens but when you run out of have gas. Have you ever had anybody? Go, no, I'm in an Uber. Here's what happens when you go. It goes like this. <laughs> just kind of like yeah. choking. Yeah. It chokes. And I'm like, choke a little bit more. Boom. Made it to the, uh, to the what do you call it, the pump. And uh, I drove up to it with the cars off, filled up the tank. It would only let me fill up the tank because it's the big Shelby. I was only able to put $100. Got back in and took off. And I went to the TSA pre. Watch this. I yeah. pull up. I'm 25 minutes late. Caroline calls to tell him he's late. The lady gives her the biggest attitude, right? And I go in. 
I don't have a mask on. I'm late. I'm already like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh. Strike you know, one, with, strike two. Strike two. And, and I've all, you know, because I was with them for 10 years. I missed one appointment and I haven't had it for the last year. So I've just been using clear. But again, clear yeah. and TSA is better than just having clear. Pull up. Are you Bed David? Yes. Follow me. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Nope. I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I said, sorry. You know how late you are? I told the lady that called me, don't even bother showing up. You're lucky we're meeting with you. I'm like, I, I totally apologize. I was, and you know all the stories She's like you a say, drill instructor. When you say, my cat, my homework, you know, like, I'm telling those stories, but yeah. it's the real stories. I'm like, I'm telling you. Like I have a tendency of running. Yeah, bridge. yeah, yeah. I've heard all those excuses. I'm like, ah, oh, fair enough. So I sit down. Then the next lady comes up. She gives me another attitude. I'm like, okay, how are you? Where are you from? I'm from everywhere. Oh, yeah, me too. I've been everywhere too. So <laughs> tell me where everywhere is to you. And it's like zero personality, right? Finally, he gets down. And I say, ma'am, uh, again, I apologize about being late. Do not be late five years from now when you have your appointment. I said, I will see you in five years. Five years. You will never see me in five years because when you're coming, I will never be here. I'm like, okay. I don't know what Sounds like she's happy to be there. Sounds like she's happy to be there. I get in the car. I'm leaving. The next day, I'm interviewing Michael Malice. Michael Malice is, uh, what do you call it? He's the guy that is the anarchist. I don't know if you heard of Michael Malice, the anarchist. So we sit down, we're debating. He is a full-on believes in anarchy. He thinks that uh, America is a better place without a government, and we're going through. He says, he says, have you ever seen how the government treats you when it comes on to customer service? I said, absolutely. Yeah, as, a matter, as a matter of fact, an hour ago. <laughs> so you were going just for a TSA appointment, for not TSA. for your flight. No, no, I was just going for, t- yesterday I went for my flight. Yeah, Two yeah. days ago I went for, you know, for... To getting so we'll see what's going to happen. Hopefully, we'll no, get no, no. He was going planning. in the second most valuable yeah. number you have outside of your social security number is the number on the back of that global entry card, <sighs> which is your TSA pre number. It's it is ridiculously valuable. All right, so let's get into Agreed. it, gang. Uh, uh, super chat. You already know the deal when it comes down to super chat. It's good to be with you. We got a lot of different topics to go through. P- apparently, Ronaldo cost Coca Cola four billion dollars by simply saying Coca Cola. Is not good to drink. You got to drink water, and he simply yeah. moved it. Just, One move. Even, really, he just said agua. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Hunter Biden is starting a career, full time career as an artist, and is selling. I've already his purchased artwork. multiple paintings. It's fantastic. My favorite artist. I can see artist. it. I can see. There's a yeah. picture of a hunter, half a million apiece. Uh, oh, this says artist. This should say lobbyist. Let me yeah. just let me just write that. Five for Hunter Biden. Gosh, artist to be. He's going to be an artist selling his pieces to five hundred thousand dollars, which. Uh, if you speak to the mob, the mob will tell you that's a business model. That, that is a that's, business that's model, a, which we'll get a, into here in a minute. That's exactly right. That's when a small local dry cleaner does $2 million a year. Yeah. And the mob is like, they bring the clothes, we take the clothes. It's I, a- I asked all of you. Laundering. What, I asked all of you what your favorite story was of the day. And uh, we always obviously know what Adam's favorite story was. Uh, if you haven't heard, folks, catastrophic announcement was made yesterday by eBay. Oh, eBay man. bans the sales of... Adult-only items moving forward. It's a cata- it's catastrophic. It's got a lot That's of get all my stuff. It was a I trending know, know. topic. It's walked in today. He's on I actually was going to buy you a gift. I was going to get you a nice dildo, but... <laughs> You wow. can't. You but, can't do I'm it. Sorry. By the way, have you seen I that? I owe you one now. But Adam, have you seen that guy that goes around <laughs> representing like he's the media and he's interviewing guys and he puts the dildo on there? Like, so tell me, what do you think about what Trump it's, said it's today? Not and, the, <laughs> and the guy is like, what the <laughs> <laughs> it's the, you know, I follow Worldstar because every once in a while they posted some of our short clips. But every once Worldstar in a while, they, Worldstar, nice. well, you know, they, they like the mob stuff and the Kobe stuff. Oh, so they sick. post. Uh, 
and Ric Flair stuff, but sometimes the post they have is just out of control. I'll be in the yeah. bed sometimes, like going through just to see what's going on. Something pops up. Babe, what are you watching? I'm like, babe, I promise you I'm watching World Star. This is Oh, you're watching World Star <coughs> watching, watching the, the Hoochies, the host? Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's dildo interviews. I, that's right. It's uh, it's epic. So the, the, apparently they're not gonna be able to buy it on eBay anymore. It's, it's gonna be a challenge. Tough. So Morgan Stanley, Chief to Bankers. If you want New York City salary, you need to be in New York City. That's mm. gonna be a good one to get into. Spotify clinch a $60 million deal with Alex Cooper for her uh, Color Daddy podcast, yanking it away from Barstool. Mm. And then Dave Portnoy yesterday gave a shout-out to Barkley. If you ever want to be here, we would love to have you here. You can say whatever the hell you want to say because Barkley yesterday announced the fact that he's sick and tired of his job because it's getting so uncomfortable. All they ever talk about off-camera is what you can say and what you can't say. And he says, you can't have fun with this anymore. He says, I can't wait to retire in two years. Barkley's words. We'll cover that here in a minute as well. There you um, go. Big short investor Michael Burry is back on Twitter and warning of the biggest market bubble in history. Uh, Want to raise your kids with high self-esteem? We're going to talk about that because the parenting experts got something to say about that. We'll see what that is. And then Putin and Biden say progress made in Geneva, but wide gulfs uh, 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 on issues remain. And Donald Trump visits the border before Kamala Harris. And maybe we'll cover LeBron James's tweets about injuries. Kai, do we have those uh, 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 the uh, Nancy to make the I'm different the logos? Have we had that created? Okay, good to go. So let's get right into Michael Burry. How about that? I think Michael Burry's always got a good thing to say that mm. makes people uh, think. Michael Burry from Big Short. What page is it on? Page six. Let's get right into it. Michael Burry. Big short. Kai, let's pull up six. a picture of the infamous Michael Burry. Let's pull up his picture of Gotta his character. Gotta love this guy. I People love need to know this, who this guy. Gentleman He's not is. a freak. He's a regular looking guy. He's a regular know? looking guy. Yeah. Big short investor Michael Burry is back on Twitter and warning of the biggest market bubble in history. This is a market insider story suggesting that his concerns about rampant speculation only grew during this 10-week uh, hiatus from Twitter. People always ask me what is going on in the markets, the investor tweeted. It is simple. Greatest speculative bubble of all time in all things by two orders of magnitude. Flying Pigs 360. The mm -hmm. hashtag was likely a reference to a famous saying in investing, bulls make money, bears make money, but pigs get slaughtered. Burry has repeatedly told investors, and they're being too greedy, speculative wildly, uh, uh, speculating wildly, shouldering too much risk, and chasing unrealistic return returns. The Scion Asset Man Management Chief uh, deleted his Twitter profile in April after sounding alarm to Tesla stock, which he short, as well as GameStop, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Robinhood, SPACs, inflation, and border stock market, broader stock market. So having said that, Tom, do you agree with what Michael Burry is saying? I mean, this is not a guy that just throws comments like that out there. Right. No, I, I think he's correct on a, on a couple axes. And the question is going to be is which sectors pop, right? Which sectors, I don't mean pop up, which are the, the classic pop of the bubble? Because there are three factors right now. Inflation is low, but everybody's talking about it going up. You look at the number of times it's mentioned in the media. You see all those charts. People are talking about inflation. Interest rates have continued to be at historic multi-year lows, and which makes debt cheap. So you've got three problems. One, I can get all the capital I want. Asset prices get inflated. Speculation is there. We've already talked about people taking uh, the uh, the millennials and the Z's taking their uh, their checks and open a Robin Hood account rather than mm -hmm. using it for anything or paying their parents' rent. And so I, I think he's right. You've got all these things that are driving up speculation in the market because there's so much capital out there. Debt is ridiculously cheap. And, you know, I, I think he's right. The question is going to be where does a correction happen? Does a correction happen in real estate? Does a correction happen in, in energy? 
you know, where does a correction happen? And I, and right now, you know, my eyes are on real estate because what's happening in real estate, there's a really bad side of it that's happening on rents. And so I think the government's got to step up, but I think he's right. And so what will be the pin that pops the bubble? I don't know, what but do I'll by, tell you, you I, by, I think he's right. What do, what do you mean by rents? It's off, by the way. If you got, what do you mean by rents? Well, what's happening right now is if you take, you know, you, you and me, maybe we buy a small house and we're going to have it as a rental mm -hmm. right now. If we pay 50, 60% cash, yep. you know, we probably keep the rent at some current market moderate, but Right. Even at low interest rates with debt, we look back and we do the math on it and the rent needs to be five, six, seven percent higher than mm. it was a year ago because the underlying asset cost us more to buy. And there's a payback model. We're not trying to gouge renters. It's just the payback on it. So I'm yeah, I'm looking at rents that That's are being point. driven by housing prices. It's interesting that you bring up rents and real estate, because if you actually look at essentially what is named here he's talking about tesla stock gamestop which was we all experienced at the beginning of this year and i interviewed the founder of wall street bets who had very strong opinions on everything that was going on with gamestop he names bitcoin he names obviously dogecoin elon musk a little uh, friend right there robin hood spacs which we cover a lot inflation which the fed just came out and Jerome Powell had some some words to share on inflation. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I won't, the, but I'm thinking the, about and it. And the broader stock market. So he names all these asset classes that, like you said, could pop, pop, you know, pop the bubble. I think it's just interesting that you, he didn't name real estate, but you instinctively said, well, you know, maybe the real estate here, because when was, where did Michael Burry make his name for himself was when he basically called the subprime mortgage meltdown in 2008. He basically bet against America. And if you ever saw the movie with the big short with, Right, um, Brad Pitt and uh, yeah, well, Hollywood glamorized it, but what he exactly. was pointing out was there were bad mortgages in bonds, and there was insurance on those bonds, and that combination was the classic line that was in the Big Short. It says, "If this, the bond was the what was it? If the bond was the you know was the match, then the insurance that was on the bond that was twenty to one insurance mm -hmm. was the nuclear warhead." And it was, um, he was right. Yeah. He was right. He said there were crap mortgages. By the way, if you're, if you're watching this right now, bonds. I'm curious, if you're watching this right now, how many of you, your rent has increased? I just looked at an article right now. Rents for single family homes just saw the largest gains in 15 years. This is a June 15th story, which is two days and ago. And when they say gain like a stock, what they're really saying is the rent increase. went up. Yeah, increase. Increase, yeah. yeah. So single family rents were up 5.3% year over year in April, rising from a 2.4% increase in April. 5.3% rent went up. That means if I'm paying $2,000 a month, now it's $2,100, right? If I'm paying $3,000, that's $3,150, which you may say, Pat, I don't think not, that's that big. That's, well, that's, that's, that's a single family That's another two-thirds of a month. That's, 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 that, that may be not a lot to you. Remember, yeah. the guy that's making 50K is going to see this. Yeah, that is the largest annual year. gain in nearly 15 years regionally by top 20 metropolitan markets. Rent gains were highest in Phoenix. And then uh, uh, lower price of 75% less than Let's do super so, fast math on your example, Pat. Yeah. You said, for people listening, $2,000 goes up 5%. That's 100 bucks. bucks. That's 1200 a year. So now you're on your way to adding almost a 13-month to that rent. See that? To the so, average person. So, so here's, mm -hmm. here's how that looks. If you go, let's just say they increase $2,000, 50 bucks, that's 1200 bucks a year. If a person's making $50,000 a year, what's 1200 to them? Is that 2%? That's 2%, right? 2.5%, 2. Uh, uh, yeah, 2.5% of their income 
just went down. That's pre-tax, obviously, right? That's pre-tax. So yeah. even if I go post-tax, that mm-hmm. let's just say that's a 4% decrease. Right? They need a 4% so raise imagine, to keep up with Imagine that. you go to your company and, and, and you go to your company and they say, this year we're decreasing everybody's salary by 4%. You may not feel it, but you're going to feel it, right? Yeah. Because for that middle America low-income family. So, uh, And then it's not only this. Gas goes up. Everything mm-hmm. is pretty much going up. So you're only seeing one aspect of expense. People are going to see it in other places. But if you, again, if you're watching this and your rent went up, I'm curious. Has anybody felt it anywhere? UK, one person said their rent went up 5, uh, 5% in UK. Uh, Mark Sesh just says, my buddy's rent from, went from 1360 to 1700 in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to see what's going to happen. to 1700. That's a big number. Time, That's, time to find a new apartment. Uh, well, he's ba- also ba- in Mesa, Arizona, oh, where there's high demand. Too. Back to Michael Burry. Uh, is this someone that you would want to get his perspective on valuetainment? Is this someone that you think We've would, spoken to Michael Burry. Michael yeah. Burry doesn't want to do an interview. But if Michael Burry wants to do an interview and yeah. we'll just do audio, we will all day have him on here. I would love to have him on, no problem. Uh, because I think the guy's, uh, uh, the guy's counsel and the way he sees stuff, you're not necessarily 100% right. Mm-hmm. But you have to get perspective. And to me, I think eventually, if you've been in this game for a while, like let me give you an example, Okay. Sports, can you see when it when a, when a tide's turning when the team's about to make a comeback? Yep. Yeah, literally last night, Philadelphia versus Atlanta. That was Pathetic ridiculous. What just happened was Philly nine- was up twenty, then they lose by seven. They're up twenty and twenty six in the third quarter with three minutes left. To the meltdown. the better the betters in Las Vegas said there's a ninety nine point seven percent chance meltdown that Philly's winning and they lose it right. Yeah. But you you start noticing people are playing sloppy. People are getting nervous. They're missing free throws. Michael Burry is that guy in investments. You have to listen to what he has to say. It's yeah. that simple. When he says it, he's got a point, and I think if it does happen, it is not going to be pretty. Here's the only thing to be thinking about. This is just my thoughts on this, mm-hmm. on what to be thinking about. Is it fair to say every 10 years we have a crash? Correct. Is it fair to say every 10 years we have a crash? It's part of the cycle. Let's go mm-hmm. back last 10 years. What was the biggest crash in the last 10 years from 2011 to 2021? Biggest crash. Obviously, the COVID. COVID. You're right. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go from 2001 to 2011, the biggest crash. 2008. The great, 2008. great recession. 2007. In the, yes, in go, go 1991 to 2001. The, the dot-com boom. The dot-com uh, bubble, yeah, exactly. right? 99. Go, go 90, uh, 81 to 91. What, 87, 88? 87, 88. Recession. If we go every decade, there is a crash. Here's mm-hmm. the only differentiator. Here's the only differentiator. So- the only differentiator is if you make 20-year runs, you're not affected by it. That's correct. If you're making 20-year investments, you're not affected by it. Mm-hmm. You're only affected by it if your volatile GameStop's going to make me a billionaire and I'm going to make my money off Dogecoin. I'm only – if you're playing that speculative yeah. game, you many are going to get their tails handed to them. But if you're playing the long game, you may lose – 30% of your portfolio. You may lose 20% of your portfolio. Right. Long game, you're going to make money. This is the difference between day trading and decade trading, right? I mean, day traders, exactly. like, this is literally goes back to his yep. quote where, you know, bulls make money, bears make money, pigs get, get slaughtered. slaughtered. Yep. So if you're just all in on Bitcoin, all in on Dogecoin, you think it's going to the moon, you know, there could be a crash landing sometime soon. Yeah, you know, because you, which you, like to- you Like you say, sorry to cut you off, Biz Dog, but you say about valuetainment, I'm on a 20 year run here. I'm doing Purely. this for 20 right. years. Yep. So a video you do today might pop, it might get a million views, or a, a video you do next week 
might crash, but you're in this for 20 years. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like things will happen. Yeah, so, you know, you, you, you look at it this way. So 529s are out there, which is a college, college savings plan. Correct. Yep. Exactly right. So when Bailey was younger, I left it in what's called Age, and it was TIA Kreft that was managing it uh, mm -hmm. because they were the, uh, the sponsor for California. Every state's got a different uh, financial provider that does their 529. So when Bailey was there, I had on Age age synchronized risk which means when she's in kindergarten the risk that they're allowing to be mm -hmm. in the investments that are in there automatically i don't make the decisions i just say i'll take the age it's kind of like a risk. target date fund correct uh, that's in, exactly in, right in finance yeah. so what what happened was you know she lost 30 percent of her poor little 529 when she was four years old probably how old was she age four years old yeah, okay right? yeah now she, it's bounced back and that's right now now it's back and it's tripled since then bailey's a millionaire no no she's not a millionaire <laughs> but she're she's not gonna have student loans for her bachelor's i'll tell you that's that. great that's a, that's so a great now, dad right there so, no 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 but, her grades are insane go yeah. ahead tom and then what i did was i flipped the switch on age synchronized risk when she was a freshman because i was thinking about the traders that maybe the synchronized risk with their looking at the current market mm -hmm. and i moved it to you know you know market index funds and that which is another choice yeah the age synchronized risk has been more volatile and i'm like wow their age synchronized risk these are people who are supposed to be professionally managed target date funds mm -hmm. and even them pbd are you know what i'm saying yeah. they're a little too crazy but brooks fund i don't worry about it because if it pops right now it's like 2008 for bailey and then it's going to mm -hmm. be back but i think that even i'm seeing so i'm seeing in wall street just in the 529s i think there's more you know, optimism and riskiness, even at a time where they're supposed to be managing it according to a target date fund. And so I, what's your advice to the young people out there who are just starting to have kids and they're basically setting up these 529 plans? Look, it's the, the taxes are going up. And so if income taxes are going up, there's more reason to live moderately and to get 529 protection for some dollars for your kid. And take mm -hmm. the long view, take the long view. Yeah, I mean, listen, here, here's the point. You're working day to day, you're gonna get crushed. You're working long term, you're gonna be all right. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna be constantly emotional, buying, selling, buying, selling, buying, selling, you're gonna take a hit. But the reality part of it is, take a look at Ken Golden from uh, Golden Auctions. This is a, a collectible cards auctions. He just raised some money last year. Do you know how much he sold last month in cards? Just last month, Bloomberg contacted him to do a story. You know how much he sold last month in collectible cards? What do you think he sold just last? Did I tell you the number? No, or no, no. What do you think he sold last month? Total collectible cards just last month auctions. I'm gonna make a wild, wild guess. Just, just say, remember, like uh, this guy yeah. was doing a couple million dollars a month. Then he went to five million. Then he had a record-breaking month. He did ten million. What do you think he did last month? I'm gonna say with all the capital that's out there and everything that's happened, did he touch a billion dollars? Billion no, dollars no, a no. month? In no, a month? that's aggressive. No, cards, time. I would say cards. max. No, no, oh, fifty million, a hundred million. million. He did wow. fifty million last month. Wow, it's crazy. Oh. But you know what? Fifty million is up Here, from a million, though. Guys, you know what? Fifty <laughs> million is fifty million is fifty-one million dollar cards. It's one hundred yeah. five hundred thousand dollar cards. It's a thousand hundred thousand dollar cards. I don't think mm. people rent like the fifty million. And, you, and you've got half a hundred thousand times ten is is a million times another ten is gotcha. ten million. So a hundred. You're talking about the guy's selling so much right now because people are willing to buy cards mm. today. They're not going away, right? But is that going to be the case if the market tanks? I don't know about that. 
Long term, are they still going to be great investments? Non-duplicatable assets yeah. will always keep their value. We need to Correct. add non-duplicatable assets. To non-duplicatable assets. Yeah. That's it. Non-duplicatable assets. What's it like asset. to have a calculator in your brain? What's it like to have a calculator? Yeah, like, you're literally like, you know. You, well, I messed you, one you, of them up when I said 50 million times 100,000. But you do have a calculator up here. I'm right. like, let me bust out my calculator. Dude, yeah. and get it, you know, you've got something, something going on up there. 500 times $100,000 yep. cards. That's what I was going to say. It's 500, $100,000 Those days yeah. to drive you nuts, but you're on the big run. Yeah, if you're on the long, you have, like, listen, you're building a business. You have a bad day. You you had a bad sale day, but you busted your tail. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. Now, here's the thing. If you had a bad sales day, mm -hmm. but you didn't bust your tail, worry about it because habits are what gets you destroyed yeah. long term. Mm -hmm. Because it's, you were, you were yeah. living easy and living assuming. Yeah. But isn't, isn't there a bigger story here, a bigger metaphor for whether that's investing, whether it's relationships, whether it's health, whether it's trading cards, whatever it is, that you're going to have good days and bad days. But overall, if your perspective is positive and you're here for the long run, things are going to work out well. Obviously, if you work hard and you're all right, BizDoc sneezing on the if truth you, there. If you, if you do your part, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you get emotional, no. If you're constantly getting rattled, no. Right. If you're constantly like, what did you say? What happened? What did he say? If you're constantly... What did the market do? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Right, right. Take it out. Da -da. It's re re react, 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 react. This goes but, back to your stoicism that you talked about last. Well, episode. you know, no, and also what he talked about a minute ago about what asset class are you playing in? If you're in a if you're in a, a very risky sandbox that doesn't have natural scarcity for what's in there, non-duplicatable assets with natural scarcity, real estate on the beach, scarcity. Right, so it may crash and everything, but that's the part. This, but mm -hmm. the scarce stuff that will be in demand is going to come back first. And so, but if you're out there, I give you an example. If you're out there on GameStop and you're just living with the guys on Reddit on one stock there, talking about retail purchase of games at a time when games are all in the cloud, I think you're that is foolishly risky because there's nothing to come back when the party's over. You know what I will say? If you're under 25... Gold cards? If you're, under, if you're under 25 and you're doing it, go at it. Mm -hmm. If you're under 25 and you're doing it, go at it. Go you're going to learn something. You're going to learn something. Listen, I, w I was 25 and $49,000 in debt. You know what I did one time? Let me tell you one of the dumbest things I ever did in my life. You ready? Is this the Vegas gambling story? This is the dumbest thing I did in my life. I'm 25 years old. Twenty. I'm twenty. Freddie Chacon. So this is what I'm. Twenty three years old. Okay. Uh, uh, I go to Las Vegas. I'm trying to say when I get my Morgan Stanley job. I got a nine eleven. So it's a week uh, a week before I'm at Morgan Stanley nine ten. So this is nine three zero one. How old am I? Nine three zero one. Twenty two years old. Okay. I got an MBNA credit credit card. I go to Las Vegas. I said, screw this. I want to make some money. So my MBNA card allowed me to take out five thousand dollars cash. So I take the whole five thousand dollars. Uh oh! I go at the table, paying okay? twenty something percent. And probably. this is at a time where I'm sitting there. I'm wearing this tank top. I'm just like chiseled. I'm in great shape. And the, this the, is the Greek god. They this talk is the about. Greek god day. And the <laughs> cashier says, "Cashier, mistaken, mistaken me for somebody else." Saying, "Are you here for the uh, uh, for the uh, what is it? Vivid convention? I don't know what it was. Are oh, you here oh, for the AVN uh, AVN convention? Yeah. Said, are oh, you here matter for that? of fact, I am. I said, I said, what do you mean? It says, "Are you here to because are you a one of the AVN actors? The are you? Film, right? Yeah, that's you're exactly nominated this. actor of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so he brings the I, other I'm guy. Sorry, I know you finished second. So that year. so they're doing all this stuff, right. and we're having a lot of fun together. <laughs> and then I said, guys. I'm gonna make 30 grand today, period. 
I take the five thousand dollars. Ask me how long it took me to lose the five thousand dollars. Yeah, what, five minutes. Thirty minutes. But, yeah, gone. <laughs> By the way, five thousand dollars may not be a big deal to you right now. No, 5, it's a 000, big deal. If you're but gambling, when you're what? twenty-two. You got a thousand dollars in your bank account savings. Yeah. You have nothing else. You don't have a four one k, and you put five thousand k. It's insane. And you leave, and you're like, at this point of the game, I got nothing left. I got nothing. at so, age twenty two. Twenty two years old, and I'm going back. I'm, I'm gonna go back into the army. This is a screwed. I'm going back to the army. On the drive back, I get the call saying Dave Kirby has offered you a job at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. I said, you got to be kidding me. I started a, a week after I lost 5000 Unluckiest and then luckiest. Let Dave, me tell you, it was well, a weird. Thank weirdest. you for the call. I kind of need a job. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's like, listen, I honestly have many options right now, but you know what? I will take your job because yes. I want it. And then back in hand, you're like, no, no, I desperately need a job right now to make up. So the point is this. Look, when you're younger, if you want to do some stuff, great. Don't make the big stupid mistakes that you're going to mm -hmm. pay a price for 20 years. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to pay a price for the next three to six months, whatever. Not the 20-year type of mistakes. But long-term, if you're investing long-term, you don't have a lot to worry about. Morgan Stanley, chief to bankers. Well, now, right. speaking of Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley, chief to bankers. If you want New York City salary, you need to be in New York City. This is a New York Post story. James Gorman issued a, st a stern warning to his staff Monday, come back to the office by Labor Day or face a pay cut. Since the pandemic, pandemic first started, the banking giant permitted its 70,000 employees to work from home. But with 70% of Big Apple adults vaccinated and an infection rate that's not even half a percent, Gorman said it's time for workers to get off their couches and back to their desks. The chief executive also sent a sobering message to workers who escaped too far off loca uh, locales to ride out the pandemic. If you want a New York City salary, you'll have to be in the five boroughs to earn it. If you want to get paid New York rates, you're, you work in New York. None of this, I'm in Colorado and work in New York mm -hmm. and I'm getting paid like I'm sitting in New York City. <laughs> Gorman barked. A similar move has been adopted by Facebook, which told employees if they want to keep working outside of San Francisco or New York, they'll have to take a pay cut. What do you think about this? Adam, what I mean, do you think yeah, about I this? mean, I'm not sure why he said if you're while you're living in Colorado, because they're all in Miami, I you have no idea how many New York, you know, that's finance a, type people point. are down in Miami living the time uh, of their life. But but you, you'd be amazed how many are in Colorado. I'm sure there are, but the, the, I'm saying the people that I know who no, are no, from because New York, they're skiing. They're 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 all the bergs. Yeah, they might be there for a week. They're going to Aspen. They're but going they're to on Miami. They're, yeah. but they're, I, mean, I can't tell you how many people I know from New York, especially in the finance world. You haven't. You're okay there. I'm. I'm good. You keep going. Buddy. You got that got mango. Yeah, yeah, right. got yeah, um, but they're go. all in Miami, and they're having the time of their life. They're, yeah, the, yeah, they're the Goldbergs, the Silverbergs, the Platinumbergs. Are they're not in, exactly. <laughs> they're they're in an open state. New York's been on lockdown. I think they just opened up th earlier this week. So did California. I was there. You were there. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about New York, and they're just having a great time. They're making however many hundred grand a year, and they're paying a fraction of what they were paying in New York, and they're living their best lives. And you got this guy, James Gorman, no relation to James Corden, who's basically saying, enough of this BS. Get your ass back into the office you have until September, Labor Day. So enjoy your vacations. Enjoy your trip to Aspen. Enjoy Colorado. Enjoy South Florida. By the time school starts right after Labor Day, your ass needs to be back in the office. The media doesn't get this. And 
no offense, I even think you don't get it. The reason, <laughs> the reason. Oh, come at me, bro. Hang on, hang on. Here, here comes a fast case study. The reason Facebook was mentioned to recruit engineers to leave the university, to leave MIT or the University of Missouri or wherever it is you graduated from and come to those ridiculous, back to this again, housing and rent prices in the Bay Area to compete, they had to pay certain salaries. So if you were in the Bay Area and the larger companies will tell you, hey, your salary baseline, and this sounds like a big number to people who are listening, is $100,000. But here in the Bay Area, you're going to get $117,500 because it's a $17,000 cost of living adjustment that we give you for the Bay Area. And they tell you. Now, if you go to work in Atlanta at our regional office serving UPS and Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola on behalf of Google, you're back down to your baseline of 100. Mm -hmm. They will tell you that. And all they're saying here, he's saying, look, if you want the New York salary that we have to pay to to recruit the best bankers, because we're competing with Goldman, we're competing with everybody else. How greedy of you, the media says. That just right. How greedy you're of you! So greedy. How greedy of you to take this? No, shame what, on you. What he's saying is, he didn't say you're going to get yeah. fired. He said, if you want to go back and live and work in Colorado, that's fine. But I'm going to baseline you for Colorado cost of living because to get you to come to New York and work in New York is it fair? I had to compete. Is it fair? It's damn fair. You think it's fair, Adam? What they're doing? Yeah, I do. I do as well. I yeah. think it's very fair. And it's being spun like Gorman's this ogre that's taking. I, I didn't even read it. I didn't read it like he's being an asshole or an ogre. I just said look if you're gonna want to get look you get paid higher in new yeah. york city or san yeah. francisco because the cost of living is higher the taxes are higher they get it the salaries are and, higher and, and by yeah. the way and you're gonna be working longer hours especially if you're working in finance in new york city and wall street what and, so, and by the way the f facebook facebook do you know how many people that work for facebook that are saying so okay so if i want to stay here in atlanta i want to stay here in uh, orlando i want to stay here in in dallas i don't get my uh, San Francisco wage. No, you don't. So, well, that's fine with me because the cost of living is okay here, but I love, I like working for Facebook and I got my job. People but get it. Especially when it's bigger. Let me, let me, let me tell you what just happened here. I was in, uh, uh, San Francisco a few days ago. Okay. And we go for a walk. We go to the Fisherman's, uh, uh, Fisherman's uh, Wharf. Yeah. Oh my Mario's gosh. never been to Alcatraz before. So we went. It's an awesome area. It's a beautiful actually. place. It's a beautiful place. I know you was there. You were there last time. You was there. You were there with your I girl. was there. You, you was there. You told the story. The rock. And we go and have the, the, the clam chowder, which is delicious. You know, you have that whole clam chowder. Did with they the put it in a bread bowl bread. for you? Oh my. I told them, I said, you got, have you ever had this? They said, no. I said, mm. you, Caroline, uh, uh, uh Sam and, uh, Mario, you need to try it. So they tried. So we walk up, we go across the bridge, we go to the sushi spot, not the best customer service, but we go up and we <laughs> cross <laughs> Throw this that place. in there yeah. for a little sprinkle of customer service. And we service. walk up all the way to the end, this one place by the water. And I go up and there's a homeless man sitting there. And mm -hmm. I said, let me ask you, are there great white sharks out there? Oh, absolutely, everywhere. I said, do people swim here? Everywhere. I said, so what do you think about the city of San Francisco? Well, it's not the same city it was before, but I still love this place. But keep in mind, he's homeless. He's homeless. Okay. He's homeless. Box everything next to him. Yeah. But I still love this place. What do you love about this place? They still take care of their people. I'm like, oh, interesting. Really? Okay, great. So yeah, he's I get my new syringes there. every Monday. This yeah. guy is standing to my right, and he's listening to my 10-minute conversation with this homeless man. He's in a beautiful bicycle, but he's not saying anything. So I walked this my way, and I said, guy. I said... What's your story? He says, I listened to the whole conversation you had with him. I said, what's your story? He says, I'm on the complete opposite spectrum. I said, really? What's the spectrum? 
He said, I own the biggest condo right here on the water. I said, really? <laughs> uh, by the way, just so you know how much that is, yeah, you know how much that is. You're yes. talking about $30, 40 million dollar number. It's not like a- yep. The biggest condo on the water in Fisherman's oh, Wharf area. Yeah, yeah, 20 to 40 insane. million bucks is what you're paying. Just go look at yep. realtor.com, yeah. right? Yeah. His bike is a $10,000 bike. Everything, he's got the leather jacket on, and he starts saying, he says, well, this is not the same city it was two years ago, yep. let alone 10 years. I said, why? He says, uh, things have changed a lot. It's changed a lot during COVID. What they did is they, they, they got, I said, you know, I came over here from Morgan Stanley training uh, uh, to, and I stayed at the Mark Hopkins Hotel. He says, well, you wouldn't stay there today. I said, why is that? He says, because the mayor decided to allow homeless people to stay at the Mark Hopkins Hotel and they negotiated a rate of $250 and they got free parking that they gave to the homeless people. And they, they, the city, pay, the uh, local people living here, the taxpayers paid for it. I said, you're kidding me. He says, no. I said, so how do people respond to it? He said, well, first of all, Mark Hopkins Hotel, they're going to take the business because it's uh, homeless. They're, they're not, no one's staying at their hotels, so they want to take some of the money. He says, but it's not the same that thing as before. That was their COVID relief plan. I said, I said, so how do you feel about the policies here? He says, well, you know, I understand what they're trying to I said, He says, you know what else is the problem? Everybody that's getting out of college that's coming here for a job, they want 180 to 200 a year starting salary. I said, 180 to 200. College grads? He says, yes, because if you're not making 180 to 200, you can't survive in the city. So they're asking checks like that, numbers like that, right? And they're getting paid because Facebook and Google are competing for engineers. I said, so tell tell me about stores. He says, what stores? Everything's shut down. We don't have stores. I said, why is it so dead? I don't see anybody here. He says, there is no stores. Everything's on lockdown. Stores are on lockdown. Yep. He's going through the whole thing. I said, uh, I got a question for you. He said, yes. I said, you got a $10,000 bike. You got an expensive jacket. You live on the condo, on the water. I know how much that thing goes for. You look like you're a $100 million guy. Politically, do you lean left or right? Pointed question to him. Yeah. He says, well, you know, it's a little bit. I'm probably, I used to be a Republican. Then I became a Democrat and I'm an independent living over here. I said, how do you think the policies have done to the city? And he tried to defend the policies Hmm. for, he tried it so hard. I said, all of this is not the people, is not the president, is not anything but local policies that are no longer working for people like you. It's not working for you anymore. I said, how much longer until you leave this place? I don't know, but I can tell you it's not the city I fell in love with. It's my favorite city in the world. And I mm. came here with the dream of being able to live here for the rest of my life, but it's not the same. He says, okay, all right, good talking to you. I said, great. We walked off. They walked off. Two different people. One is loving the policies. The other one is not loving the policies. <laughs> Here's the reality of it. One's homeless. One's worth $100 million. Which one? He, he, it's so crazy. He said, homeless people are coming here by the dr- Left and right, homeless people are coming to San Francisco because what do you mean you're putting me at the Mark Hopkins Hotel for free? What other homeless person wouldn't come here? People would uh, volunteer to be homeless to stay at the Mark Hopkins Hotel. Yeah, on give me the name dime. of that hotel again. That's exactly. Address, by yeah. the way, Mark Hopkins <laughs> Hotel is where Clinton stay at. It's where wow. presidents right. stay it's at. A, it's hill, not a regular huh? stay. It's a beautiful hotel. You stay there, right? So this now is it's a hotel for the this, homeless. This it's is a great. This, uh, we this, saw a wedding up at the top floor. It's called Top of the Mark. This is the story of what's going on to a city like that. And mm-hmm. people who are running now, Morgan, Stanley, Dean, Woodard, they're starting to realize, listen, you don't want to be here working with me? No problem, buddy. But I'm not paying you the same. And I 100% support the decision. And that I'm not making, firing you. I'm that, just going to pay yeah. you. To, well, he can't co- fire them. No, but he can't fire them. I mean, if they fired them right now, you know what kind of a publicity story they would have if they fired yeah. their people? Would you It'd be would all you, over the news. Would you put a, uh, you know, a bow on this story because we talked about Morgan Stanley, we talked about San Francisco, we talked about the homeless. What's the overarching theme here? Where you get where you going with all this? As you would say, what's your point? 
Yeah, the point is policies mm-hmm. hurt great cities. That's right. So your policies push people out of a great state. I'm on a flight yesterday to uh, uh, New York, two days ago to, to New York. I got back last night at midnight. Guy sitting next to me is the insurance guy, of, uh, uh, Ernst & Young. Hmm. And I said, so uh, what do you do for a living? He says, I uh, work at Ernst & Young. I said, what do you do at Ernst & Young? I'm their insurance guy. I said, okay, cool. Which office? New York. I said, really? You're still in New York? He says, oh, now I'm in Florida. And he's watching CNN. It's so funny. He's watching CNN, and I got my uh, ESPN. I'm watching, but he's got CNN on. He mm-hmm. goes, CNN, MSNBC, CNN, MSNBC, CNN, MSNBC. That tells you which way yeah. he leans yeah, politically yeah, if yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. CNN. So it's very easy to read people now. They CNN, MSNBC, right? So uh, uh, so I'm watching him, and I said, so what are you going to do with New York? Are you going to stay there? He says, oh, no. I said, why not? He says, look, COVID forced me out, and I've been in Florida, and I'm staying in Florida. It's going to be very hard to get me to go back to New York. Mm. I says, so how do you feel about the policies in New York? What do you think about the policies? Well, well, you know, I know what they're trying to do. You know, it's great. I think it's they have to be taking care of their people and all this stuff. I said, but why don't you support those policies and go live there and pay the taxes By the way, do you think he, to he, support what they're doing for people? Well, you know, if I can find a way to pay less taxes, why wouldn't I to take care of my family? I said, but you support those policies. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Why well, do? I said, so why don't you go fund those policies and stay up there instead of funding no policies in Florida because you're not paying any taxes? I, I see where you're going with this. But look, I am i don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to stay put in Florida. Again, bad policies drive out talent. That's not a lightweight guy. That's a heavyweight guy that's working at Ernst & Young. Ernst & Young. One of the big uh, exactly. Who's also being careful talking to somebody that yeah. he doesn't know. And he's looking at a house on his computer that's a $5 million house he's shopping for. He's shopping for $5 million houses on his computer. This is not a lightweight guy you're talking about, mm-hmm. right on what he's doing. Policies push out good talent. You cannot keep bad policies that detract top talent. And uh, you know, right now... Who ends up looking bad right now? A guy who's running Morgan Stanley, he's looking like the guy that's the bad guy. You don't come back here. Is that how you interpret that story? I, I, think, I didn't necessarily and, think and he was like a bad guy. Spinning, not you. Yeah. I'm not telling you. The market no, is but, telling the story. The media is telling the story. Right. Is, why would you want your people to come back? Let them be where they're at and get paid and give them the same salary. It's not fair. Well, I'm sorry. It is but very every fair. Major co- every major company in America has an HR regional pay standard. And, and they're, 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 not, they're not slumlords because they're competing for talent. And if you don't pay what you need to pay for the talent in the various city, the other guy is going to get that talent. So people think, oh, they're just going to do this or this. No. No. These guys will say, if Morgan says, hey, we're cutting at 20% doing this, Morgan's going to lose the great traders. Morgan's going to lose mm-hmm. the great people. They're going to go across the street. Regional-based you know, cost of living is real, and you have to pay that to get the great talent. And what Pat's talking about, and I completely agree, is the local policies have such unintended consequences. Because what is the congressional reelection term, right? Two years. Every two years you're running. And it's always a short term. Short term policy, short term policies. Give me the votes. Give me the votes. And the unintended consequences are huge. Willie Brown, when they had the Council of Mayors in San Francisco, Kamala Harris, Willie Brown? Yeah, two decades ago. He he was putting homeless on buses and sending them to Sacramento because it would take them three days to hitchhike back because they wanted all the stuff they were getting from the city for free, but he wanted them out of the visibility when all America's mayors were there because he was polishing the image for the the short term. And so when you do this with the Mark Hopkins, you're probably reducing homelessness in Sacramento because they're up there. You know, it gets like 104 degrees here in the summer. Yeah, I know. I'm going to Mark Hopkins' 
of San Francisco. The homeless people know what's going on, and, and they're just moving to where they, the policy they think is going to help them. Well, I mean, listen, Elon Musk just sold his last house in California for $37.6 million. Yeah, I the think San it's Francisco. A, the it's San a Francisco compound. House. It's like, it's like yeah, lots it's, it's of lots of acres. acres. It's 50 acres. It's 16,000 square feet. It's a beautiful place. Yet It's the last property he had to sell. People are leaving. They Hilton have to just can buy that, that and make it a boutique hotel. They it's could. a huge property. People are leaving. It's that simple. That's People exactly right. People are leaving not because of culture, not because of bad rich industries, not because of any of that. We got to tell him he's screaming and hollering. Not because of any of that. They're leaving because of bad policies. Very simple. When my kids ask me a question, they say, hey, daddy, who are we voting for? What do you think about this president? What do you think about that president? You know, somebody in school. You know, they're going to school and somebody in school told me that uh, Trump is for rich people and Biden's for poor people. Who should we be uh, for? Right. He's explaining. He's asking this. So I'm having these types of conversation with my kids. It's interesting because you see the teacher saying certain things and these kids are coming home and they're sharing it with you. Right. I said, look, kids, it's not never the individual. Forget about the individual. I don't look at the individual. I don't care if the individual does whatever they want to do. I don't you don't care if they drink alcohol. That's not my business, daddy. That's their business if they want to drink. But if you produce policies that produce negative results, that's when I become concerned. Hmm. I said it's a policy war. It's nothing more than policies. So when people ask, which president do you like? They'll say, I disagree with Biden's policies. Six-year-old Dylan, seven-year-old Dylan says, I don't agree with his policies. What percentage of America do you actually think thinks that way? No, man. What are you talking about? What percent? Less than 20%. Yeah, I would say I would way say. less. Yeah. I, no, I less than 10%. I, the only reason I one say 20% five. is because it's, uh, one in five makes six figures in America today. So I, I would say 20%. I think it's a 20% number who's actually sitting there thinking about mm-hmm. it, who's actually sitting there saying, here's what we have to be thinking about. Anyways, let's go into uh, 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 the next story we have. Since we're talking about parenting, why don't we read this parenting story? Page mm. seven. Dun, dun, dun. Kai. Do you see the donation? Kai, I can't hear you, Kai. I cannot hear you. Turn on Kai. Donations. Okay. Take a quick look at your donations. What happened? I haven't seen it. Super chats. Super chats. There's super some people chat. here. It's a good point. What's that? The point. Uh, the Which super one? chat main. The Sar- Sergeant Wilkie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bring him down, guys. Bring him down. Bring him down. Bring him down. Wow. Bring him down. Go ahead, Kai. Uh, no, the super chat. He says the real issue uh, is people coming from the places like Texas. Florida and Texas. Yeah. And, and will bring, bring the, the same, same mindset, mindset that brought the policies that ruined their state the one they're running to. The mindset needs to change. Sergeant Wilkie, you're 100% right. I'm giving you 10 times what you just gave right now in the Super Chat. He gave 20 bucks. Let's give him $200. Let's give $200 to Sergeant Wilkie. Sergeant Wilkie, send us a text at 310-340-1132. 310-340-1132 so we can send you your $200. I 100% agree with Sergeant Wilkie. Yep. This is why states change. This is why states change. The biggest thing I say is the following. Just look at policies, man. I had a conversation yesterday with a couple of my guys, and here's what I said. This was Tuesday, our weekly dream team call that we do right after the uh, uh, podcast that we did, and here's what I said to them. I said, how do you judge people? Actually think about it. We can hear you guys. How do you judge people? How do you judge people? Actually think about how you judge somebody. If you were to say how you judge me, mm-hmm. how I judge you, mm-hmm. how do you judge Tom? How do you judge Harsh Kai? <laughs> <laughs> How do you judge David? How do you judge He's somebody? He's wearing a sick denim jacket. Yeah, I'm a David Sam fan. doesn't wear his vest anymore. I don't know what the How do you, how do you judge point. people? Used to be a vest guy. It's summer. Good looking. How do you judge people? I think, you know, the old the old fashioned saying, don't judge a book by its cover, but I think a lot of people will, will you know, first impression is a big deal. 
Well, I mean, you're, Are you you're, asking a rhetorical question? I like, hope you realize you, 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 that, that judging people favors you. Oh, thanks. Because people look at you and they say, you know what? This guy's, this guy's got a, a good cool looking bike. Guy. He's riding his bike. He's taking Ubers. He's, he's riding uh, his sister's along. bike. I think, I think um, you know, they say if, you're, if you go on a date with somebody. He likes guy. cats. He likes cats for sure, too. If you go on a date with somebody, how do they treat the the servers okay, how do they good. treat the, perfect how you treat others let's actually make a list by yeah. the way kai sam uh, mm -hmm. uh david i'm gonna ask all of you guys how do you judge people folks i want you to also participate in this i want you to answer the question how do you judge people okay mm -hmm. your boss your cousin you know a stranger a new person so number one is how you treat a stranger. Is that fair? Is that yes. what you just said? Okay, you go Absolutely. to a restaurant with a girl and you see how you talk to the waiter. How you treat people and the valet. Know, quote unquote, and below you or okay. serving you. How you treat people yeah. below you. Perfect. Like my mother would always say, I treat the janitor the same way I treat the president and of the company I love and your everyone. Mom for that's it. like that's like yeah. her whole thing. What else? How do you judge people? How do you judge people? How do you judge people? Guys, this is time. Let's judge people. How do you judge people? By the way they dress. By the way they're dressed, okay. You by look, dress, yeah. about someone by the shoes they wear. Okay, by Ooh, the way shoes. they dress. We all have to check our shoes Yeah, now. I had to tell dress. Eric, uh, our friend Sergeant shoes. Galera, to throw away his boat shoes that he's okay. been rocking. I saw that. What else? Yeah. <laughs> what other ways? Kai, how do you judge people? Uh, I mean, people? this is similar to what Adam said, but when people can't do anything for you, I think that's an easy way to like. Okay, people fair. But what else? How do you judge people? Another one is uh, people, how you judge someone that might not like you, but does that necessarily affect how you judge them? Okay, a little technical, but what else? Like, how do you look at somebody and you say that person's successful? How do you? How do you? I think um, their language, the words that they use, language, the way that the way that, yeah. the, the way that they speak. Are okay. they are they talking? You, you, you know, mine. eloquently. I listen. Well, to, speak up, biz dog. No, What's I, up, dog? You judging I, me? No, no. <laughs> I listen. I listen to their Tom's language. A pretty and judgmental guy. No, yeah, I listen to right how they Tom. say what they say because you'll see a billionaire sitting next to you that is not wearing the big watch. He's got a little Apple That's watch. True. He's got things, and he is not how trying to flash it. What they say. But okay. I like to hear how they talk. I what like else? Hear the words they use. Who they hang out with? What else? I'm just like, let me look at some of the people. I mean, here. speaking of Kai, Kai uh, what accent right, they use? Let's look at this. Once you find the accent, are they Americans? Somebody said. Once uh, you find out uh, where they live. You okay, know? Uh, everybody's saying, Kai, can you speak up, please? I could, character, K1 said skin color and race. Do you actually judge people based on skin color and race? Do you think people judge people based, uh, based on skin color and race? That's what would be called uh, prejudice. Okay. It's it, no, it's it's un, it's sort of baked in bias that yeah, people have from how you grow up. Where Pat, you our grow good up. friend, you would probably appreciate this one, Pat. And the bias, how they are, smell, it's I, a big deal for you. I, I I'm a big like the other day. David ordered a sandwich with uh, onions. Pat, Pat came out. Who ordered the onions? You know, who, who, you know, you know. Robert ordered onions the other day. He, but he was low key. The, the, he didn't want to say anything. I'm like, what are you doing ordering onions? Oh, you ordered onions? If you like so, onions, you cannot work your advice. Julia David. said character. Mohammed. Azhar said how they talk, by actions, the mm -hmm. way they look, the words they use, et cetera, et cetera. How right? about the a way that their kids behave? Okay, now we're talking the direction I'm going with it. Yeah. Here's how I judge people, okay? It's very easy for somebody to sell you on how amazing they are. We're mm -hmm. all pros at it. Everybody's great at selling you their way of thinking. Everybody is so great at selling you their way of thinking. They're mm -hmm. fantastic at it. They can sell you their lifestyle. They can sell you their decisions. Words are you cheap. Know, for example, let me give you stuff. So you, the reason why uh, I don't work that hard is because money doesn't drive me. 
I'm not a, I'm not driven by money. The, the reason why you know I uh, uh, don't like to work past five o'clock is because family matters a lot to me. Work and I life like to balance come home. makes yeah. better people. So I want to come home and I want to spend time with my family. And then they sit home for four hours and watch TV and they're on their phones for two hours and they call mm-hmm. that quality time, right? We're selling ourselves Amen. on whatever thing that we're doing, right? It's selling. We're selling. Okay. Mm-hmm. I judge you. It's self-justification wrapped in selling. I judge you based on your relationship with your mom. When that day she dropped you off with the BMW and we mm-hmm. went in the car and went to Winwood. I judge you based on your relationship with Adrian, on how you guys are at that Soho house, mm-hmm. on how much that guy loves you, and you guys have traveled together. My best friend, best guys. Best friend. <laughs> no, no. Like, well, I mean, I think <laughs> both of you guys are single. I don't know the whole story. That but guy I, is uh, doing all right for himself. Yeah. So then I, I judge you based on yeah. Keith. Yeah. I judge you based on all of that. My well, network, my circle of friends. Your network, who you are, right? Yeah. And then I judge you based on how you treat people, okay? I judge a successful person based on how many people around them are winning. Mm. If people around you are winning, I judge you and I say, check, this guy's a winner here. Because yeah. if you work with this guy, guess what? You're gonna win. Winning could be a lot of different things. Winning could be advancing, when it could be a lifestyle, when it could be monetary, when it could be uh, the way the person improves as an individual, when it could be the way the person communicates before they came here, how they talk now, when it could be how that person processes issues, when it could be how that person leads, when it could be many different ways. If I watch the people around you winning, I say you're somebody worth following, right? Okay. How do you judge policies? This whole thing is about policies. Right. How do you judge a good policy? based on the results. How many people are winning? It's not about, so if you think about mm. how many politicians sell how amazing their policy is, I don't give a shit how great you are at selling, how amazing your policy is. What I care about is the results of your policies. And the policies of New York and California are catastrophic. The, the, the results of the policies of whatever the mayor of San Francisco did it's catastrophic. The results, I'm in New York walking, driving. My driver's taking me places. Boris, I had a chance to meet Boris. Good guy, by the way. Very good conversation we had with Boris until I realized who Boris was. We're driving around. Boris is taking me places, and we're, we spent a good, uh, uh, the entire day he was with us, right? And I said, so tell me, what do you, what, what's happening with New York? He says, it's not the same anymore. I said, what do you mean it's not the same? This is yesterday. So what do you mean it's not the same anymore? He says, people have left. I said, do you feel it? He says, do I feel it? What do you mean, do I feel it? 500,000 people left. Yes, I feel it. How do you feel it? Business, customers, traffic is less. I mm. feel everything yep. that people have left. He said, I said, so what are you going to do long term? I don't know. Guy's got three kids. I think he's got three kids, right? I don't know what I'm going to be doing, right? Smart, intelligent guy when I'm talking to him. So, I'm, you know, so what do you think? I says, so why do you think some of the people who sell their policies? He's telling me this. He says, I watch Jorge Ramos. I watch Univision. I watch all this stuff. We feel like the policies are good. I said, no, it's not the policies that are good, man. If they were so good, the results would be so good. So the way you judge a politician is not by how they talk. Unfortunately, the lower level stuff is that because the lower level of judging somebody, I'll never forget, Fernando Lasso was one of my groomsmen at my wedding. First day I started working at Hollywood, Bally's, El Centro. I walk in. I'm like, you know, I walk in and I'm this, you know, guy, you know, he's like, hey, what's up? How you guys doing? How's everybody? And I'm just talking to everybody. He says, Pat, when you first walked in, I said, this has got to be the cockiest guy I've ever met in my life. He says, I didn't like you. 
I didn't like the way you looked. I didn't like the way you walked around like you owned this place. Something about, I'm like, I, he says, six months later, you're my best friend of my life. We became best friends for Nando Lawson. The, relate, the stuff we did together was a different story. Sometimes people look at somebody and they say, this guy looks like he's rough around the edges. This guy looks mm-hmm. like he's this. They judge. But sometimes it's the other way around. You look at somebody and say, wow, he's so presentable. Yeah. He's so, you know, he looks like he's got his stuff together. But then deep down inside, there is no substance. Substance to me is results. And results to me is policies. And policies that produce the right kind of results, check mark. Good for you. Keep at it. So we can say all we want about how amazing and how noble some of these politicians are. Just go look at their cities. That's the best way to judge them to see how great of a job they did for their, what do they call it, constituents? Is that what they call it? Yep, that's exactly yeah. what they call it. I work for my constituents. Well, why don't you clean that place up? Because your constituents are kind of not too happy with you right now. But the ones that are voting for you is the programs you keep giving them for free. And people are paying a price for it. Those who are creating jobs for you to be able to have tax money to come up with the social programs, you're pissing them off. You may want to be careful with that part right there. Anyways, okay. All right, so let's continue. This has nothing to do with how to raise your kids, though. And we still haven't gone to it on page <laughs> seven. Let me go to page seven, uh, uh, raise. No, I was no, going I, there, and I got interrupted there, yeah. here, and no, I think, changed subject. I think it was well worth it. Okay, you so. tied it back to policy. Want to raise kids with high self-esteem. Did you age. just point at me in the interruption thing? Of course I did. I'm judging you the entire time. Matter of fact, you know what? This Damn. is yours. Go ahead. Oh, so, that, so I'm supposed to eat the mango. Yes. And that mango. Tiffany, I just gave it to Tom. It's, it's We're passing it now. Pass, pass. Just, uh, you know, just in case you felt special. From yeah. the mango? Yeah. Everybody got a mango around here. No way. Everybody got a mango. See, I don't like that. I wanted yeah. to be the only person yeah, that no, got no, a mango. Yeah, no, 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 no. So then not, the question becomes, yeah. is this the biggest mango? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe she the saved the big mango. piece of chicken. You <laughs> saved the big piece of chicken for daddy when he gets home. All right. CNBC like story. CNBC story. Want to raise the kids with high self-esteem? A parenting expert on the power of teaching your kids repetition and ritual. The first few years of parenthood is a huge adjustment, especially if you're a working parent. All of a sudden, your baby is walking and talking. They turn... Then they turn three and demanding to know why you have to leave them to go to work. Whatever your work schedule, these mornings, those mornings, evenings, weekends can feel uh, very short. And you'll want to make them enjoyable and high impact in building your kids' confidence and self-esteem. The key technique to getting there is through teaching repetition and ritual. If your son knows you'll pick him up and hug him in the same way when you came through the door each evening, he'll look forward to it. And he'll be thrilled when it happens. Sing that favorite song the, together each day on the way home from daycare. Begin each Saturday morning with breakfast at the same time. Tuck him into bed in a consistent way each night. For you, repetition is dull, but for children, especially toddlers, it's wonderful and reassuring. The world is a brand new and complex place, mm-hmm. and when they see patterns in in it or accurately spot what's coming next, it gives them a sense of security, mastery, and delight. Tom? Uh, I, I think there's some truth in this, but I think it was a puff piece by CNBC. But I, I will say this. You like it. You know, what you do, when you bring consistency to a two-year-old, they sleep through the night and everybody's happy. Yeah. So when you, you put them to bed at the same time and put We're them through a ritual, through they yeah, they the, the kid has a more consistent pattern. You don't want the kid waking up in the middle of the night, crawling into bed with a toy saying it's time to play. It's, no, it's not. It's 4 a.m. Leave us alone. The, Obviously, that's never happened to you. Oh, it's happened to everybody where your kid's out of sync, you're at a, you know, you go out of town to a wedding, and so you're, you're up late till 10 o'clock, and then the kid's out of sync, and then the next two days, the kid's literally out of sync. They're tired, they're grumpy, it's hard to get them up, and so when you take the, the routine out of it, I think routine for kids is good. It gets sleep patterns and activity Does that patterns. Does inspire you it's to good. have kids? Big time. Big but I'll, time. Tell you, I'll tell you something else. There is something here in consistency and trust, because the kids want to trust in something. 
right? It, it is a tough world out there. And kids feel stress in certain ways too. But when they know that you're going to be there and they can count on that, that is a huge part of the parental child love. I can count on you. It also gives you permission and it gives you the opening to put the disciplines around them, the disciplines of structure, of behavior, of time, and things like this. I tell you, if you travel with Tom, here's what happens. Tom, every morning, calls his daughters, no matter where he is in the world, okay? And every night, before he goes to sleep, Tom calls his daughters, and they pray together, no matter when it is. By the way, I've never seen Tom forget those two things. When mm, I tell you never, I mean, Tom. I've never, ever, ever, we could be at a party. Tom will step out, make the call, talk to his girls, and then come back into the party. No one knows what happened. But I'll see Tom on the phone. I'm like, I know what Tom's doing. Leave him alone. He'll be back in 20 minutes. Does this thing comes back? When I tell you consistently, mm-hmm. I mean consistently. His daughter's probably going to end up going to Penn, okay, if not Michigan, but she's going to get to choose where she wants to go, her, his oldest. Bailey, who responded the other day to Scott Galloway's article in a way that adults wouldn't respond to what uh, uh, Bailey said. And then Brooke is probably going to be an MIT student if she wanted to. She can go anywhere. A lot of it is how he and Kim raise their kids with the rituals. Adam, yourself. You hear this commentary. Yeah. Do you have any, well, th- any th- thoughts th- on this, that? This makes me think a couple of things. You brought up you know, the whole work-life balance, and I know you were kind of mocking that a little bit. But essentially what I, I would take from that is rather than you having to get home at 5.30 and then we kind of mockingly said, yeah, you're spending two hours on the phone and you're BSing, it seems like it's more important to have one hour of quality time where you guys can you know, throw the baseball or, you know, do you know whatever you do with your daughter play dress up whatever the hell it is that is dress special up. yeah dress yeah, up well, we I dress know, up well i know you've put on some some pink outfits and you put on a crown on with a lot your daughter. Of i've seen you do her. that yes uh, with santa but the point is it comes down to quality time and repetition and uh and just being there for your kid like i gotta tell you every time i get out of here at eight o'clock i'm home right i'm home by 8 15 my cats are getting that good quality time y'all all right they get a good hour of what an hours incredible your day. parent yeah. you are it's it's it's, it's repetition you know, wow. and every so, weekend, so, every weekend they know I, daddy's gone for the weekend. He's in Miami. He's doing what he's doing, but he'll be back Sunday night. Cat whisper. He'll be back. Yeah. Do you, do you speak to them? No, no. It's do, you, you, do you do affirmations <laughs> with them? It's a, Affirmation who, is my own who thing. Who loves but, you, kitty cat? You know, who love? Do you say stuff to them or no? Do you talk to them at all or no? Because I, I talk to a, Jimbo. Yeah, I see you have a great relationship. Like, like as much good. as you, we, we make fun of my cats, you got two dogs that are your everything. Oh my gosh! I'm not. Listen, I'm. A, if I had my way, I'd have ten cats at the house. Right? I love cats. I'm not a. I'm part of the community of cat lovers, man. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a cat guy myself. I will say for those well. who are dog guys, cat guys, I've seen some cats before that suck. I would never raise my cats to be sucky like that. Is I it got, based got, on the parent or based on the cat? Hundred percent based on the parent. Ooh. And if you're gonna get a cat, there you get two cats because they're playing all day, got they're it. joking around. So we left out fighting. Something. So we left out. Value, nothing, economics. Yes. How do you judge keys people? to raising cats? Yes. Right. Nothing's worse than one solo whack we, cat. So we have to go back twenty minutes now. We have to add to it. How do you judge people by the behavior <laughs> of their cats? Yeah. That's a very good point. That's philosophical. Do they that's, have good cats? That's something like Frederick Nietzsche. Are, are, they, are they arrogant? I don't care about you, and I'm just going to sit over here. No, cats. I would never raise cats, cats like that. You know Hell what I'm talking no. about. Adam would slap them around. Oh, yeah. Snap out of it. Don't be cocky with me. No, exactly. Hey, can you pull up that story with Barkley? Can you pull up that story with Barkley? Here we go. I just love Barkley saying this, by the way. Love hearing what Barkley up. Charles Barkley, to leave the inside the NBA, blames cancel culture. We can't even have fun anymore. Go up a little bit to read what he says. Baseball legend Charles Barkley, decade-long team, and and he blames cancel culture. An appearance on Washington uh, radio, uh, sports radio station WJFK, 
106.7, the fan Mr. Barkley slammed as jackasses the social justice warriors who launch online attacks and even criticize his bosses and co-hosts on TNT. It's gotten so out of, right, out of hand right now, I couldn't imagine having to watch myself. You can't even have fun nowadays without these jackasses trying to get you canceled and things like that. He c- continues to say, he's 58 years old right now, he says, I'm just having fun talking about sports. I'm trying to hang... Hang on for another couple years until I'm 60, and then they can kiss my ass. I'm only working until mm-hmm. 60. I already told them that we can't even have fun anymore. We have had fun all these years, and now all of a sudden, in the last year and a half, everybody is trying to get everybody fired. It really sucks. Can you imagine Barkley talking about this? And and, and then we're going to talk about the scenes. Yo, man, be careful going in that direction. All we ever talk about behind the scenes is, yo, man, be careful going in that direction. We can't have fun anymore. We've had fun all these years, and now all of a sudden, the last year now, same thing here. So, Barkley, I th- I don't know how many Emmys has won. I think it's eight. I don't know the number. How many Emmys has Barkley won? Can you pull it up? I think he's won eight, nine. He's won a bunch of Emmys, right? Here's a guy that's won a bunch of Emmys. He's mm-hmm. loved, admired, probably the best guy to listen to, entertaining as hell. He keeps that show together, if you think about it. Yep. He's won four he's Emmys. He's the glue guy. He's the glue guy. Even Shaq says, the, the, Shaq says the face of this show is Charles Barkley. Shaq. Mm-hmm. He said the face of the Absolutely. who holds it together is Charles Barkley, right? To say something like this. How much credence do you give to what he says right there, Tom? I, I give a lot of credence, and I'll tell you why. Um, I love Barkley. You and I had the privilege of, um, in Dallas, going to see him speak one I time. Forgot. yes. Yep, at a, um, you know, uh, a college function that was there and what's really interesting is i think it was about six weeks ago barkley on camera on stage during the show said you know what i'm getting tired of what these politicians are telling people to believe because i think black most black people most white people most hispanic people are all good people they're all good folks and they're getting tied up into this thing you remember that he gave that Mm -hmm. little speech yep and i thought that was so pure and so necessary for him to say you know what the people i see i think everybody of all colors is basically good and they're getting revved up by outside forces do we have things in america that need to be addressed yes do we have things need to be changed yes do we have historical things that have kind of followed us around that we have a a chance to get a new generation thinking differently yes but right now the majority of people are good people as we work through all those things but they're getting revved up by the government that wants power and pitted against each other and he's talking here these jackasses are just trying to get you fired it's a technique of lobbying now to get someone fired for having anything other than no opinion I think it's terrible what's going on with Charles Barkley. I think he, uh, to Tom's point, I do agree with him here. Look, Charles Barkley is a personality. Uh, even when he was playing in the NBA, he had a larger-than-life personality. He went against the grain. He said, I'm not a role model. Remember that famous commercial? Mm-hmm. Tell your kids not to listen to me. Who says that? What adult says that? So this guy's been cancelable before cancel culture was a thing, but he's maintained it for the last 30-plus years. I think something that is resonating, I mean, what side What side politically do you think Charles Barkley leans? Center. Center what? He's probably center period center. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think he's more center left. I mean, he supported Doug Jones in Alabama. He, he supports more Democrats than he does Republicans. Sure. So that's for sure. Okay. What? Which way do you think Bill Maher leans politically as an example? Center left. Center left. Okay. Left. So you have, I, I'm, yeah. there's, there's a theme here going on here. Even me, for example... Charles Barkley, center left. Uh, Bill Maher, a little more left, but it seems like he's coming center. Me, a little more left, especially socially, fiscally, a little more right. 
coming a little more center. And what's the common theme? We're all basically seeing what's happening with this wokeness and this cancel culture. And we're like, this is ridiculous. Being woke, you know, a few years ago actually was a good thing. Meaning, I, I'm aware of what the hell's going on. I see what's going on. I have an opinion. I'm not just sleepwalking through life. Now woke has, con has done a complete 180. And if you're woke, that just means you're part of this you're canceled. You're cancel culture. Aunt Jemima, you're done. Redskins, you're done. You did this 20 years ago. You're done. Cancel. Fired. You're done. And that's a very slippery slope. And I think that's exactly what Charles Barkley is talking about here, yep. is that if anything you say or anything you do is automatically cancelable and a cancelable offense, that's not America anymore. You know, you know what uh, 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 Eisenhower said? In his farewell speech, when he was uh, coming out, do you know what he said? Do you know? Do you know what direction I'm going with this guy, or no? Was this the? No? Okay, he said in his farewell speech, the... he says, "Beware of the military-industrial complex." Yep. Okay, and what he said about this is the following: He says, "If if you use the word communism to try to cancel anybody, be very careful with that. Just because somebody uses the word communism, you don't cancel them." Hmm. This started off with McCarthy, McCarthyism, yeah, right? Was, Which was, was hey, yeah, I have 200 and something people, kind of like Adam Schiff saying, I have proof here yeah. that the Trump was colluding with Russia. I have proof here, right? And then there's been no proof that he ever brought up. And uh, uh, so this cancel culture thing is something you have to be very, very careful with. You know, Lincoln has a quote uh, I'll look for to read it to you. And he says the same exact thing. It is a like he was talking about prohibition. Well, people are using prohibition to be able to arrest anybody. I mean, if you go back and you think about these laws that we came up with, mm -hmm. right? You go back and think about the, the 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 McCarthyism was what? If you're communist, anybody that's your friend, I can come after them as well yeah. and tape them, right? Very dark. Then that period. goes to Rico. What did Rico allow you to do in, in 1970? And Rico, racketeering, racketeering and, yeah, but, but yep. what Rico allowed you to do is, is for if he's even hanging out with you, I can record his house without even getting permission. Ooh. Slippery slope. And then Rico led to Omnibus, and Omnibus led to Patriot Act. It's more control, 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 right? Okay. Today, if you think about who's doing most of the silencing, which side of the aisle is it today? Yeah, it's it, not it would the definitely right. be the left at this it's point. It's the left. It's Especially not. at universities, is that's like the big knock. What number you hear one about is universities. There. Yeah. Number two is social media. Mm -hmm. Number three is, you know, I mean, I can go on and on. You can't, people, people don't feel, everybody who said anything about the virus being man-made mm -hmm. got canceled until Jon Stewart said it on Stephen Colbert. Yeah, there's just when he week. said it on Stephen Colbert, that video went viral. Mm -hmm. Why does he go viral and Stephen Colbert doesn't get canceled but everybody else that talked about it uh, the last 12 months, they got canceled. You know how many videos mm -hmm. we've been canceled? Because just because we had a person that said so what they said. So the, 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 the well, point. There's a reason for that. Which is what? I think a lot of people are willing to listen to people that are on their team before they're willing to listen to someone on the other team telling them what's right or wrong. So if Jon Stewart, who's traditionally a liberal, no one on the right is going to listen to him as an example, right? You're, it's a lot of echo John chambers. Who? John Stewart. I disagree. I think he's what do you I mean? He's always, a liberal. Center I always left. listen to John Stewart. You're one of the few. No, I, many many people. Many, the, many, the point that I'm getting yeah. here is a macro perspective. I, I actually here. think John Stewart uh, is it's reasonable. A, it's a lot easier. Yeah. I think he's smart. If you're, if you're, I'll just be very clear here. It's a lot easier if you're a Democrat. Yeah. To convince other Democrats, hey guys, your way of thinking is a little wrong. You need to figure this out. Versus a Ted Cruz trying to convince Democrats to think a certain way. Versus uh, a Democrat, an Adam Schiff character, or a 
Stephen Colbert speaking to Republicans, trying to convince them, versus a Donald Trump saying, hey, guys, you got to change up uh, how you're thinking. I think the point that I'm getting at is that you're willing to listen to someone that's on your team before someone that's not on your team. So it takes someone like a Jon Stewart to wake up the the left, if you will, as to maybe the virus is I agree is, with that. Is, I, is think, I think meaning it takes somebody from your own side to wake to you call up. You, to call sure. you, to call yeah, you out. But, but I also think the reason why a lot of people were silenced the last 12 months is not because it's an opposing idea. It just doesn't fit the narrative. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to drive a narrative, 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 you have to silence anybody that yep. doesn't fit the narrative, and that's what happened the last 12 months. Look, and, so, and, the and now and they're, they're sitting there saying, well, you know, yeah, you're right. It could be man-made. Well, we, we don't know. It's, well, who says it can't be man-made? Yep. Not, so it's a very, very slippery slope uh, to go in a direction like that. And uh, I, I, I applaud. Listen, I said this yesterday. I said, walking on eggshells and cancel culture, it always eliminates the most talented, entertaining people. Mm. Barkley's the most talented, entertaining person. He steps away. I agree. Kevin Hart was supposed to host the damn Oscars. He's the most entertaining, funniest guy at the time. The guys were getting box office. He was making records after records after record to the point where he tweeted something the other day. I sent uh, him a message. He says, much love and I appreciate you. You know, it says, congrats on us. We were going back and forth texting each other. He, there are certain people that you lose. Like, we want the Ricky Gervais. We want the Bill Burrs. We want the Chappelle's. We want the Kevin Hart's. We want the Barclays. But no, mm-hmm. they offended somebody. They offended somebody. you got to be very careful because you can't say that, God forbid, you offend somebody. And then Nicole, Nickelodeon the other day posted a Offended somebody video. on the left. Nickelodeon posted a video the other day trying to please the transgender community. You saw the numbers with Nickelodeon? Did you see what happened with Nickelodeon's number after that ad that went I'm out? sure it plummeted. Oh, it's not even plummeted. Yeah. It's catastrophic. Catastrophic because transgender is not a democratic thing. Democrats, some Democrats are sitting behind closed doors like, listen, I'm not, I'm not like, why are you putting that in my kid's face? If you support it, support it. But this is Nickelodeon. What are we doing here? Oh, to right. try to please a small percent. What percentage of America is transgender? Like 1%. It's that, not even that, 1%. Yeah. No, no, it's probably 1% of 1%. Right. So to try to please the 1% of 1%, but you throw the other 44% under the bus? And yeah, you lose that audience. Sense. It's not only it, it just doesn't make sense. It's not even a good business model mm-hmm. to do that. There's there's nothing about it that makes any sense. Did, did you say, did you see that video uh, of it was a family? <laughs> yeah, asking, hey, would you take a picture of us? Uh, and they give the camera to uh, just a random yeah, guy, and it's I like a that. family of five. And he goes, okay, say cheese. And they, uh, excuse me, I'm actually a vegan. I don't I don't do cheese. Okay, so we won't say cheese all right everybody smile well you know i'm actually depressed right now so i'm not willing to smile and and basically every family member has an excuse as why they couldn't take the picture and it just started with say cheese and this poor guy is like yeah he's like dude do you want me to take a picture i'm out so (laughs) i'm sorry here's your camera back (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's listen more power to uh barkley in two years we're gonna lose him enjoy the guy for two years well, Until I think uh, it's fair to say, Chuck, I know you're a big fan of the, the podcast. You have a, a seat here to my right. Tom will have to sit anytime. this one out. But anytime that Charles Barkley wants to come hey, on, we'll, it, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll have what? to bring him I, on. I, I'm a guest here, and I appreciate it. But I would love to sit back and watch Sue Charles on this program. All right. Hey, it, I think it's good we go a little bit more of a creative side on, mm. on the stories. Let's talk about Hunter Biden <laughs> is starting a full-time career as an artist. 
and is selling his work for up to $500,000, please go to page three, Mr. Ellsworth, well, I would, to I would discuss have to the say story. His, um, his life is something like modern art. Yep. <laughs> Hunter Biden has embarked on a full-time career as an artist, and some of his paintings can cost six figures. In a statement, his dealer, George Burgess, uh, uh, told Insider, it is an honor that I'm able to represent Hunter Biden. He's a wonderfully gifted talent and fine artist. He has garnered a following of collectors who appreciate and see the intrinsic value of his work. Biden, 51 years old, has been painting since he was a young child, and he told Arnett that he's never had any formal training. In his new Los Angeles home, Biden reportedly converted a three-car garage into an art studio that includes a brick floor and skylight. Prices for his artwork range from $75,000 for work on paper to $500,000 for large-scale paintings. Who actually fully believes this adam are you you know what do you think about this story here well i've already bought three pieces so it's uh i think he's a talented artist i think hunter biden is uh is the next picasso clearly it's uh that's what's going on well you know i think something for the first thing that came to mind when i heard he's becoming an artist it's that he's getting in on this nft craze is that everyone out there is an artist and they're doing NFTs now and half the people are like, what the hell is an NFT? And the other half of the people are basically saying it's the next big thing. Um, but the next thing that I'm thinking about that other than the NFT is I actually think that Hunter Biden deserves to be on a list that we have a running list going on right now. And that list that we've been talking about for a few weeks now is who are the biggest trolls out there? We put Takashi 69 we put Jake Paul up there. I think Hunter Biden smoking crack, doing whatever business he's doing, whether it's shady or undisclosed, whether this, whatever this artwork is going on, I think he's actually just a troll. And he, the media is obsessed with him. And uh, I think he's doing a good job of trolling. However, I don't know where, where this artwork is going. I'm sure you have a very different perspective on his artwork. Look, th- this, there, there's narratives have purposes, right? And there is a media narrative that is trying to... Um, clean up the Hunter Biden image in time for the midterm elections. And that's the narrative. The narrative around Hunter Biden is the liberal side of the media, the mainstream media, are trying to, uh, you know, adjust the image of Hunter Biden in time for the midterms. That's all that's going on here. That's the narrative. So little things like this, somebody's sitting around and says, okay, this is the way the story will be. I love this sentence here. He has garnered a following of collectors who appreciate and see the value of his work. I changed, from China, yeah. from, from I, uh, Brazil. I'll change it this way. From Mexico. He's garnered a following Saudi of... Saudi Arabia. Hang on. He's garnered a following of donors who appreciate the value of getting close to his father. No. I changed two words in the sentence. I mean, come on. I, I, I think this is a narrative. This is a puff piece that's been put together to help adjust his image in the face of the facts that he himself has just dumped... Look, I remember America. I remember Jerry Tarkanian being interviewed and saying Tark hey, the shark he says your players get paid UNLV <laughs> you know the whole Larry Johnson wow. Stacy Ogman uh, who was plastic it? Man. Anthony and all those guys Stacy Ogman yeah, yeah Stacy a plastic that, man that's that, right left-handed guy Greg Anthony Greg yeah, Anthony great team, who was UNLV running Greg Rebels. Anthony once went 91. up went up against uh, was it Jordan he tried to fight or Kobe he went up against one of those two guys Greg Anthony they went into it they, they got into it I think it was uh, anyways so Jerry Tarkin is being interviewed, and they said, listen, you're paying your players. He says, I'm not paying my players. He says, we follow the guidelines of the NCAA very strictly. Hmm. They said, well, he says, what do you mean? He says, how do your guys have big jewelry? Said, listen, we follow the guidelines very strictly, period. And, and the, the reporter keeps going, says, but you keep paying your players. He says, I'm not paying the players. So then 
I'm obviously I have a lot of friends in Vegas, and I've interviewed yeah. a lot of random people who know a lot of people in Vegas who bet in you know. And UNLV was known for losing. The, what do you call it? The, uh, uh, the whatever spread. the spread was. Yeah. Okay, they're favored by six. Somehow they lose by five. <laughs> yeah. Turnover at the end of the they game. They were great at dealing Tim with Donahue. the spread. Ah, they controlled all of it, right? Yeah. So he said, "Look, it was a very simple business model." He says they would go and have a job as a valet for thirty minutes or whatever it was, and they would say, "Stand over there, uh, work valet." And when the red car comes, you only get to valet that red car. Mm-hmm. So they would go valet the red car and they would park it. The tip would be a hundred thousand dollar tip. <laughs> he followed the guideline strictly. Yeah. You're allowed to get tipped. You're allowed to get thousand dollar tip. Yeah, I'm just doing. My, I make I make five bucks an hour, but I make a hundred thousand tips. Right? And I get he to seemed, keep the car. Yeah. Mark, so, he seemed like a nice young man. Took yeah. good care of my car. That's it. How I tip I mean, is every, my business. People, people tip like that every day. Go ahead, Kai. Imagine the one day somebody else goes and gets the car. By accident. Oh, my. But they're going to know who's yeah, LJ know, because you would know Grandma Ma. If you see LJ, you would know this yeah. guy's a monster, yeah. right, is who he was. Anyways, one of the players on that team is a barber now, and he's at the, a barber at the same place I go to, and he's got some crazy He was system. on the UNLV he was running on the Rebels UNLV team, running 90, Rebels team, 12 team. Yeah, he's, wow. he's a barber now. And he, has some, he says, listen, as crazy as you think it was, it was 100 times worse. Wow. He, says, he says the kind of stuff that we were doing was ridiculous. He says, I've never partied like that in my life. He says it was crazy to think. Things were being done to us. We were doing stuff that shouldn't be legal. You're the best basketball team in the country in college. You're and you're in Vegas. You're the 10th best NBA team. And you're the, ve- you're the and you're 10th in Vegas. best yes. NBA team and you're in college, right? So what's the moral of the story? Yeah, exactly. Tied Here's the moral of the story. The moral of the story is he's not breaking any laws, okay? Mm. Which means if, let's go both ways. Let's mm. go both right brain and left brain, okay? Right brain says what? What an incredible artist. Good for him. Leave him alone. <laughs> Let him be creative. <laughs> you know, his mind goes places, and he wants to put art. He's yeah. creative. You know, creative people. Because when you smoke crack, your mind will go to different That's places, the point. and then you can you I, get real I, creative. I had a friend of mine that would do shrooms all the time, and I used to love having yeah. dinner with them because I wow. would say, did you see that unicorn? And he would say, no. <laughs> I would walk him outside. I would say, look up. There's a yeah, unicorn. unicorn and talking. I would sing in the background, never-ending story. You remember the movie? Great I don't know movie. if you're a great movie, right? He says, man, I missed the unicorn. I said, no, you got to see the other one, the flying dog. The flying dog right there, and he would buy it. Naive guy, innocent what, guy. He would at think a that you're actually guy. seeing it because he took that many mushrooms? He was that and it, we would go I think to he the, was on acid maybe, not mushrooms. He was, it was both of them. He, he, would, he would be the one <laughs> that would test everything. I will so, do some mushrooms, some LSD. It was called Shakers. Deal. Shakers, we would go there with him and my friend Armin who's no longer with us. Anyways, so look, if Hunter wants to be creative, more power to mm-hmm. him if he wants to be creative. You know, you know, sometimes when you age, President Bush started doing artwork. What, he's doing money laundering? Come on, man. He's just doing artwork, right? Right. But on the other side is, let's just say this is a play-to-play type of a model, okay? Let's say he is doing art where people from other countries who are, you know, powerful people from Saudi Arabia all of a sudden buys mm-hmm. one of his art pieces for $7 million. If that happens... Yeah. And you don't speculate, you are the most naive well, person in totally the world. Totally agree with you. But that. I tell you, if it's selling for fifty grand, seventy five thousand, if they're money laundering at that price, that's nothing. No one's yeah. doing seventy five thousand dollar money laundering type of deal. Let me let me at ask that you. I, I knew this uh, Joe, when I selected him, I, I knew this was gonna be a problem. I just find it amazing that we got through eight years of this before it blew up. And you know, you know how hard it was to keep a lid on this? I should have got a Another Nobel Prize for just keeping a lid on this one. Was, was that Obama, Clinton, or Obama? You know, it's no, a problem if people no, didn't know. No, it was that's, Clinton. no, that that was Clinton would be. 
I don't really understand this. I think this this artist so that got was Obama. You do a way better Clinton than Obama. You want to yeah. give it another crack, or you good? I, I didn't let my brother get anywhere near stuff like this. Remember, you're, Roger, you're good on Clinton. Remember Roger Clinton, yeah. my yeah, brother Obama. I don't Obama. Know. Can you do Obama or no? Change. Does anyone have change for a dollar? No, you sound like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, okay, right? I can't. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> okay. What's the deal with yeah. all okay. these hoes? Yeah. But okay, you bring up a, actually a good point here with your friend um, Roger Clinton. That was Clinton's brother, by the way. A plus on your Clinton, C minus on Obama. But you keep practicing. Bizdoc, don't stop. I guess my bigger question. <laughs> I guess my bigger question here is how much sway good or bad do the president's kids or family members actually have on the polls or votes meaning the first lady melania yeah. uh dr jill biden michelle they've got some sway that's the first lady like they're in the, but you know i don't know how much pull the trump kids had i don't know how much pull hunter biden has or <laughs> Sasha and Malia Stop. or Roger Clinton. Stop. I feel like... Oh. All right, where are we going? What's next, I, I feel. I feel like every... Um, how much How much pull do you have when you go to Bodega? <laughs> I don't mean pull. I mean, like, in terms of voting. <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good If there. you go to Bodega, what happens? Things are good. <laughs> you're, you have a treated, good time. you're not even Keith's son. You're a friend. <laughs> yes. You're not anything in that. It's not like you own a part of it, right? This is their son. We, I mean, it's like, I'm Hunter Biden, bro. You want to get to my dad? I'm a contact away. I don't mean it like and that. I, what do you clearly, mean? I mean, in, in terms of votes. And 10% for the big guy. In votes? terms of votes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's my point. No, in terms of votes. You're right. No. Like, Roger Clinton not did poll. Votes. Yeah. I didn't, no, I didn't say, I said polls, not poll. I got it. Clearly, okay. you have poll. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Chelsea Clinton. I'm a Clinton's son. Like, it's Clinton's daughter. I'm. Yeah. I, I'm Donald Trump Jr. Yeah, you want to get to the the, the president? Yeah, I don't think. It I mean, I'm turns I in the in the actual votes. People no, say, you know, I, I was a Clinton guy, but I'm really not a fan. No, of I think Eric America Trump. rolls their eyes. America rolls their eyes at this stuff. I remember. That's my point. I remember um, a Jimmy Carter had a brother, Billy, and he was. Can you do a Jimmy Carter? No. Uh, and he Please was don't. he was a raging, <laughs> raging alcoholic with issues. Billy was. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Carter made no apologies for him. He says, "Look, he needs he's he needs to get his life together mm -hmm. like anybody else does." He gets off the airplane. I think it was Air Force One. He gets off the airplane on the tarmac, and you know there's a bathroom on the plane. But apparently, he just walked around behind a couple of those enormous wheels and took a leak on the tarmac. And you can go look it up. That's some gangster shit right there. Yeah, and you know, and the President of the United States is, but his name was Billy. And so some company, like, played into his alcoholism, and he had a brand of beer. It's called Billy Beer. <laughs> I have, I have, you know. Uh, you know, back in the day, I had a friend that used to collect beer cans, you know, like trading cards, like rare beer cans and things like this. But it was, um, anyway, he had Billy Beer, man. So I, I think, I think by and large, the American population rolls their eyes at it until it crosses over. And Jared, Jared Kushner, crossed over. He's doing things in politics. So now this really matters and we get big opinions on it. Hunter Biden was doing things on the international stage. Now we wake up and we don't let him get by with it. So, but I think <laughs> he's if, right. It's Billy 
Brother Billy Beer. <laughs> yep, Billy Beer. Yeah. And take a look at him close. You see the family resemblance from oh, a younger my, Jimmy of Carter? Of course I see it. And it's just like, and you can also look on their urinates, urinates, you know, underneath Air Force well. One. I it's, saw that as well. I think, at the end of the day, I think it's a good talking point, Man, especially pulled, for your own team. Oh, yep. Hunter did this. Why did you look that up Eric when you Trump got Wikipedia right here? There it is. That's you, true. It's a walk and talk that in Wikipedia. True. All right, let's. I just okay. don't think it moves the needle. Okay, Coca Cola lost $4 billion in a market value after soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo suggested people drink water, is what he said. Okay, so the soccer superstar Cristiano Ronaldo gestures at Euro 2020 press conference on Monday wiped $4 billion off of Coca Cola's market value. Ronaldo's ahead of his team's match. By the way, this is all he did. He literally just went like this No, no Coca Cola. Drink water. That's all he did. Yeah. He didn't do ten nothing. Seconds. It's like less than 10 seconds, right? He looked at it. He did, eh. Just moved it, right? Okay, Ronaldo, ahead of his team's match against Hungary, irritably set aside two bottles of Coke, then picked up a bottle of water and said, Agua, the Portuguese word for water. Coca-Cola shares had fallen 1.6% by the end of the press conference. Its market value dropped $4 billion to 238 from 242, Coca-Cola, an official sponsor of the UEFA Euro 2020 tournament, reportedly said in a statement that everyone is entitled to drink their preferences and has differing tastes and needs. Ronaldo has previously expressed disapproval of Coca-Cola and other unhealthy foods and beverages. His fitness routine is set to involve eating six meals and taking five naps in a typical day. <laughs> what a that's day. That's awesome. Five that's naps a, a day. That's a great me? schedule. So the power of Ronaldo. Yeah. How powerful is he? Well, I think it's, it, it, it just talks about the power of the personal brand. The Ronaldos of the world or the Messi's of the world or the LeBron's of the world or even the Jake Paul's of the world, all eyes are on them. And if they do something, it could move markets. And in this case, Ronaldo moved the market by $4 billion in 10 seconds, basically saying he's not a Coke guy. So you know who would be very proud of him? Adam Sandler and the Water Boy would be very proud. Bobby Boucher would be very proud of Ronaldo right now. I, I think this is a, a little overplayed. I, you know, basically. You think four billion dollars is overplayed? Okay, uh, what is Coke worth? Two forty-two. Uh, now two thirty-eight. Correct. That's exactly right. And their high for the year was two fifty-seven. The stock's at fifty-four right now, give or take. The low for the year is forty-three. The high for the year is fifty-six, fifty-seven. So basically, you have a little blip that could have been any given day. Coke could have moved four billion dollars just with market factors, the price of sugar, things like this. But I, I think what's what's interesting we're, we're pointing out is how markets can move with influencers and i think that's a story the story isn't coke lost four billion and they're going to get it back and coke is not just all about soda they've been buying into other drinks they own minute Maid, you know dasani they've they've been going not full bore on soda for a while and they've been mm -hmm. taking caffeine out of sodas they've been taking sugar out of sodas they've been trying to follow that i mean they they they, they caught more heat for vending machines on campuses with um, economically priced, you and I go down to a vending machine, a lobby of a building, it's a dollar, dollar fifty for a Coke, but there were vending machines at 50 cents so the kids could get Cokes with their mm -hmm. lunches, and they're pointing out, there's a lot of sugar in that, there's probably something else you want you know, you know, know, adolescent developing kids to be having before they go back in the classroom. And so the story here is that influencers now really move markets. That's the headline. Not that Coke lost $4 billion in one day that they're going to get back in, mm -hmm. in the next and 10 I think minutes. An, another uh, sidebar it's here is... It's the power is, of the influencer now. I agree. Um, 
I think uh, something just uh, this might be a good little case study on inflation and uh, like a can of Coke used to be fifty cents. Now it's a dollar fifty, and now they're now they're keeping the price the same size, uh, but they're but the same price, but they're they're basically making the can smaller. Have you noticed these smaller Coke cans? Uh, it's just it's just interesting that they're all sort of around the same price, but uh, the sizes are getting smaller. No, the greater the greater headline. You know, if I was at Forbes <laughs> or someplace, my headline. You know what my headline would have been on this? What's that? And it says, you know, influencer marketing confirmed as Coke stock moves when Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, touches two bottles mm -hmm. in, a, in a certain way. And it's for everyone that says, gosh, why do you pay the Kardashians for a tweet? You know, $50,000 for a tweet and then a backup tweet and a retweet. It's 50000 Here's your package. Here's your rate card. Why do they pay Instagram influencers this? Why is all this happening? The reason it's happening because influencers move markets and mm. make products move. That's the story here. I okay, think, let's, I let's, think the story here is that he takes five naps a day. That's pretty gangster. That's, uh, I think everybody would want that, but I mean. <laughs> he's killing, by the way. Simple as that. Yeah. He's killing. He does one ad, gets nine million views. I mean, people are paying him left and right to just do ads. This guy's making so much money, it's not even funny. I mean, right look, is there... This guy's... A, I, where is he on your list soccer. of like just the, the most alpha males out there? Studs, soccer player, best he, of all time. A, he's a total Good looking. Yeah, money. I mean, where is he alpha. on the list? Uh, How many balloon d'ors has Just in, the, in world. Uh, in world. Uh, he's, uh, he's up there. Sam, Sam. How many balloon d'ors has uh, Cristiano Ronaldo won? I don't know the answer. Uh, I would say nine or ten. Uh, I don't think it's nine or ten. I think it was three or four. I thought he and Messi won like... Eight of the last ten, or something. Was that like a trick question? What were we trying to do right there? No, no, no. That's five. That's, okay. He's got five. Just so well, you that, that's that's like five. the that's like the MVP of the world of soccer. It's five. And so he's not just an alpha male. This guy's a tiger. We can't hear you. Just so you know, you're muted. We can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, he has his own museum. He yep. has his own hotels. It, it's beautiful. But what he has done also in business. Yeah. But the question is, does he have the statue that? Uh, 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 James Corden made for Beckham because the statue. I mean, they, Beckham has the greatest statue of all time. I don't know if you guys seen statue? that with the chin. Have you the seen the pull this uh, up, Kai? The, the ugly the statue yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Have you seen it, that? Buddy. Pull up, pull up the statue with David Beckham statue. James Corden. You guys never seen this before? It's hilarious. He pulled a trick on him. He says, uh, so the day the opening of the statue. Corden brings him out to say, you guys have to see this spoof. Just go to images because you can't play the video. Uh, uh, he does. <laughs> he makes this statue, and he says, uh, uh, brings him out. He says, "Look, we're so excited about it. Look at his arms. How long it is? The fake one. Hilarious fake statue. Look at that. Arms are long." He says, uh, "And and the artist who is uh, the comedian who is acting like the artist is Maz Jabrani, <laughs> and he's going talking to him, saying, we spent some because your arms are long. We wanted to give you width because you have so much power on your chin. You have such a powerful chin.'" He said, I don't have a chin that big. Now go on the butt side. Go in the back. Go in the back. Go butt. Type in butt. Great hair. Type in butt. Okay, let's just see if they show it or not. There's a <laughs> he says, I don't have a butt that big. He says, you have a perfect butt. So we wanted to really highlight how oh, big wow. He's thick. E-T-H-I-C-C-C. -C -C see, I don't right think there. Ronaldo has a statue like that, but Ronaldo is a legend. And yeah. when he does sponsorships, people make Beckham. money. Quick, quick shout Great. out to... Um, Quick shout out to Clay Smith, whose uh, great grandma just passed away. She had seventeen grand, uh, great grandkids, and uh, you know, uh, want to give a shout out to Clay Smith's great 
grandma who just passed away. That's his statue. By and by the way, what's this statue? That has got to be that has got to be worst. <laughs> that's got to be the worst statue I've ever seen in my life. I would be so oh offended God. if I was in Pull the up Ronaldo before and after. It looks like like two sides have been put together. Before and after? What are you talking about? Braces or which one? Yeah, yeah. It's like if you put your hand over each side of the statue. Like it looks that? Like Click on the first one? You're saying he wasn't good looking at one point? I'm just saying, you know, everyone has to go through an ugly phase. Even Ronaldo was kind of... Go to go down, Kai. Go down. The red shirt right there. Boom. Yeah. I mean, you know, clearly he's looking better these days. <laughs> so... <laughs> Can we see your before and after? Is there, is there a picture know. of you? I'm not trying to compete with Ronaldo, but <laughs> oh homie's done God. well for himself. What uh, a picture you got. Being a, being a professional Taking athlete. Shots. By the way, yeah. all of your 19 female that were following you, the ladies that were following, <laughs> they left out. They are so I'm offended. Sorry. You offended uh, uh, Ronaldo right there. Okay, Trump. Let's talk about Trump. Let's talk about Trump here. Donald Trump set to visit border before Kamala Harris' Newsweek story. Donald Trump has increased pressure on Vice President Kamala Harris as he announces he will visit the U.S.-Mexico border before late June. Trump, who made building a wall to combat immigration, one of his key presidential campaign promises, said he would visit our nation's decimated uh, 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 southern border with Texas Governor Greg Abbott on June 30th. Biden is also facing criticism for the record levels of migrants attempting to enter the country illegally since his uh, time in office after walking back some of Trump's more hardline immigration policies in an attempt to provide a more humane approach. In April, nearly 179,000 people were detained trying to enter the border, the highest level since April of last year. Abbott sent a letter to Biden in late March demanding answers to the humanitarian crisis at the border. Abbott said he plans to build his own wall along the state's border with Mexico, although it is unclear if he has the resources, funds, or authority to do so. Adam, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think yeah. about the story here? I, I, I got to tell you, this: the, 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 everything with the border is so politicized, and I, I don't have the answers here. I don't think anyone does. That's the biggest problem here. I will say that, you know, I, I'm a big fan of pop culture. Did you see the trending video that was going on with Kamala Harris and Donald Trump this weekend? No. All right, well, if you've got kids in the room, use your earmuffs. Uh, <laughs> it was really actually hilarious. So I've never been to Europe either. Yeah, the um, Kamala Harris came out. This was the video. Kamala Harris being say, basically saying, "If you're in Mexico, don't come. I Do saw not that. Yeah, come. I saw that. Don't come." And then it cuts to Donald Trump goes, "I'm gonna come." <laughs> <laughs> it actually doesn't go like that. It doesn't say Mexico. You're right. He, she she says, just says, she just says, don't come. Exactly. Don't come. Exactly. And then he says, <laughs> oh, I'm going to come. It's just, <laughs> it's a that's genius second. marketing. Right it there. is genius marketing. So clearly, so he's you have, clearly you have strong opinions about this. Trump's coming. Kamala encourages him not to come. He's coming anyway. That's a, that's right. a brash man right there. All right, all right, all right. BizDoc is no, you're not allowed to have fun on BizDoc time. It's time to get down to he's business. He's about to cancel you. Do not canceled. cancel me, BizDoc. Go ahead. Listen, Catman. <clears throat> this is all about the narrative, right? What was the narrative? They wanted to get him out of office. They wanted him defeated at the re-election. So the whole narrative on immigration was you're putting kids in cages. You're not letting people come here. They just want freedom here and keep the borders open. So whatever Trump was trying to do, they were trying to do the opposite, and they were spinning it for the purpose of voting blocks. Okay, that's what that was the narrative. Now it goes the 
other way. The other way is now Biden's in office, Trump is gone, and you've got Arizona and Texas and the city of Austin. And remember, there's a lot of Californians that are in Austin. And there's a big thing down there and all these billboards and T-shirts you can get. Keep Austin weird, mean weirder than the rest of Texas, meaning more lavender than blue or red. The narrative is now, hey, we have some very real problems here that need to be cleaned up. We got problems here. San Francisco does not like national news stories talking about feces, urine, syringes, and homelessness. They don't like it. And there are people there that want to see it fixed. And now it's a different side of the narrative. The narrative when you're getting Trump out is, is the whole problem at the border is about Trump and give these people freedom. Now the vice president is going down there saying, do not don't come, come here. Don't Stop. I'm going to do the whole thing. She's saying, don't come across. This is a bigger problem. We want to know why they're leaving their country. And what did Trump it, say? Stop. The point oh, here, it, they're flipping the narrative. And it, it is so cruel to the American voter. It is so cruel to the people that you're supposed to be serving that are living in these communities where these secondary problems are happening. Oh because there's nowhere for these folks to go. If they were joining up with relatives, they were finding a job, they got things going, then give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to be free, come across. So you what's know, your solution? Be solution-oriented. You're identifying the problem. What's my, the damn solution my here, My solution Biz, is that there are, America is not a race. America is a melting pot and experiment of people that came from somewhere. And have a door at the border. Welcome people that are refugees but there's a process to do it. You can't have them streaming across. So and a big, on, beautiful door. And one one moment, you've got people just all over the border issue and just ignoring all the secondary is, issues because you just want to get Trump out of office. And now they're willing to look at some of these these problems and it's like they're going the other way. It's The, the hypocrisy of this is just stifling. Let me ask you, you ever lived in a gated community? Uh, well, would a high-rise be considered a gated uh, community? Where yeah. you lived with millionaires and deca-millionaires. Where you lived, there was a lot of rich people in that building. That's true. It's, that, that's called the gated community, yeah. right? There was a yeah. lot of security when people I came agree. in. How'd you like that? It's nice. It's nice, right? Yeah. Okay, I do as well. I think yeah. America's got to become a gated community. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because where do people typically want to go to? The fanciest places. What's the fanciest country in the world? Still, today, it's Monaco. U.S. Where you lived is a pretty fancy place. It's a beautiful place, right? It was gated. I think it's nothing, nothing wrong with America being gated as well to protect itself, especially people who are living down there. Here's the other part I'll tell you about this. Um, do, do you think- do Years we need, ago, oh, go, ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. No, do you think we need a gate on both sides? Uh, not on Canada's side. Okay. You know why? You know why? Because Canadian government is actually doing a decent job keeping their people there. Mm -hmm. And Canadians are not trying to break the law to come down here. We don't have a Canadian border problem. We have a South Mexico's and Central problem. America problem. It's not just Mexico. Salvadorians are going through Guatemala, et cetera, mm -hmm. to make it. It's, it's a South and Central America problem, not a Canada problem that we have. A border problem. I mean, nobody from Europe is swimming out here. It's a long swim. So it's going to no. be, we don't need to put a border between there because the sharks are going to handle that <laughs> themselves. We don't need to worry about that. We've got great security in the Atlantic Ocean. Canadians are some of the greatest people in the world. They are, except for any one of them in this room. They got some issues. Everybody else, oh. I would say yes. Now, let's talk about this. Now, I see Canadians are very good and they know how to drink a lot of beer, by the way. Kokanee. So here's a, uh, here's a part about this here. It's so for me, it's very simple. When we started our YouTube channel and then we changed the channel to Valuetainment, and we started doing a couple of interviews, and I started liking doing interviews because I enjoy people's stories. I like talking to people. A lot of the people that were doing interviews at the time, they would only interview people that came to their show. 
It's like, no, you don't come to me. I'm not doing the interview. I told my guys, here's what we're going to be doing. We will go to them, okay? And here's what I want you to do. When I go to cities to do an interview, I want you to set me up with three. If there's three interviews in a city, I'll go. So my booker had one job. They're going to put three interviews in a city. I'm going. So I'd go to New York. Tom remembers my schedule. Let me tell you, it's not easy. Because you have to remember the notes, the facts, all that stuff, and the questions. So you're sitting down one minute from, you know, a, a, a general. Uh, who was a general that we interviewed in New York? Uh, McChrystal. And then I'm sitting with uh, Scaramucci. Then I'm sitting with Bernard Carrick. Then I'm sitting with, it was back, it was Ariana Huffington. Then I'm sitting with a back to back to back to back to back. Then you got to get ready for the questions you're asking, right? Okay. But we went to the guests because we were a small YouTube channel. We only had 50,000 subs, 80,000 subs, 100,000 subs. So we went to them. What happened eventually? Eventually, we got a half a million subs, a million subs, a couple million subs, three million subs. Now people are willing to come over here. Why? Because we now earned the right. But even today, yesterday, I flew out to do an interview with one of the most powerful attorneys in the world that many know about. I'll, you know, very soon I'll talk about who I was with yesterday. A two-hour interview ended up being six hours at his place that we were with and talking about stories and seeing stuff that it's just private stuff that we talked about, which we'll, you know, we'll, we'll share with the world here soon who the person was that I interviewed. Moral of the story is this. Anybody that I ever met who kept crushing it, they always went to the problem. They always went to the source. They always went to the customer. Goldman Sachs, they're having a conversation with the other investment bankers. You know what the biggest complaint was? Here's what the biggest complaint was. Why? some investment bankers were losing business to Goldman Sachs. I can't believe I'm playing with a mango right now. (laughs) He says, the reason why we're losing business to Goldman Sachs is because Goldman Sachs investment bankers still get on the plane and go meet with the client to be their money backers. They still are willing to go meet with them while everybody else is just doing zoom, 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 zoom. Goldman said, we're going to come and meet with you. Guess what happened during COVID? They got the big money. The other guys are like, don't leave your office. Sit right there. God forbid something were to happen. Goldman got the business. Very mm-hmm. simple. That's and why they, Goldman. And they weren't careful. They weren't careless. They were careful. They were careful, but, but they, they got went. the business. By the way, they're my guys. So they, yeah. they went and got the business. we covered that a couple months ago on yeah, the podcast. They go to you is what they do. Okay, yep. my sales guys. I have a guy in the company. Uh, uh, Sheena Matsapalo. You've met them before. Of we course. paid them nearly three hundred last month. Okay, is what they made. Okay, month. You know, in a month. You know what? You know what they're very good at. I, I have many guys that were bigger than them when we were coming up, and I would tell them go meet the clients, and they would say no. Why would I go? They need to come to me. I don't drive two hours. I don't drive three hours. What do Sheena Matsapalo do? They'll they'll fly to Memphis. They'll fly to Seattle. They'll fly to New York. They'll fly to Baltimore. They'll fly to Orlando. They'll fly to San Diego. They'll fly to Arizona. They go to people. They didn't make the money last month by luck. They made it because they went to the source, to the customer. They went there, right? Okay. Um, Trump is doing what they should be doing. He's going where the problem is. And by the way, here's what's a very bad look for them right now. Everybody in America, Lester Holt is asking Kamala Harris, why are you not going to the border? The former president whom you kicked out, whom you silenced on all of social media platforms said, don't worry, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to go with Greg uh, Greg Abbott and we're going to go see what's going on and try to help and influence 
and give support to the people that are working on the border because you're not going to ever know what they do at the border until you go see what they're going to do at the border. There's a big difference between you seeing it on a video. There's a big difference between you reading an article about it. There's a big difference between me sending you to go to the border versus I go to the border. There's a very, very big difference for you to see it. You gain loyalty that way. Years ago, one of the best leadership books I ever read was by Donald T. Phillips called Lincoln on Leadership. You know what Lincoln on Leadership said? He said, circulate amongst your troops. It's what made Lincoln so admired by the people that work with him. He went and circulated amongst his troops. He would say, how you doing, private? How you doing, specialist? How you doing, corporal? How are things? Everything good? How we looking? Circulate amongst your troops. If you ever seen a movie Lincoln played by Daniel Day-Lewis, you'll see him where he's sitting. He's sitting amongst the troops. It's why they call him the greatest president of all time, because he went and circulated amongst the troops. He didn't sit back and order others what to do. He went and circulated amongst the troops. And that's all 45 is doing right now. Something 46 can learn something from and take some notes and say, you know what? Maybe we ought to go out there because we're looking at fools right now that the former president needs to go out there and we're not even going there. And the number one issue, one of the biggest issues we're facing right now in America is what? Immigration. Because we made people in South and Central America think it's open borders. Come on down. It's not a good look for the current administration. And all I can tell you is Trump capitalized on an opportunity and it looks very good for him for 2024. Not saying he's going to run or not. It's a very good look for him because it shows Republicans care more about the border than Democrats do. Historically, Democrats have always been known what? They care more about those coming across the border more than anybody else does, but they're not going there. If Republicans win that statement, mm -hmm. which is what? Republicans care more about the border than others. Is that a small percentage? Could that be a half a point? Could that be one point? Could that be a quarter of a point? Could that be a point and a half? It could be. Does a point and a half mean anything in midterms? Does a point mean anything in midterms? I mean, Trump just announced he's going on a tour across the country with what, Bill O'Reilly? To go and do what? To talk and you know address yep. issues and answer questions? And he's going out there working as a president that's just not sitting there saying, I'm going to go out there and circulate amongst the troops. Look, anybody, whether it's your competitors, Anybody in politics and business and sports, anybody that does that, you better tip your hat off to them and say, listen, I got respect for this guy because he wants to play ball. And that percent and a half, it's By a the percent way, and a half. By the way, it takes a lot of work and energy to do that. A lot of work and energy to do that. That's why many don't want to do it. It's funny. You just said percent and a half. And just remember, a percent and a half is a three-point swing, right? The net difference is three. That's the whole ball game on the last four presidential elections. That's the ball game. So you you True. move you move the populace something like that yep. on a on a on a lightning rod issue like this it's it, it it's defining and then the other guy is now making the policies it's so funny people look at you're so right about things you're saying today you know people if let me put it this way if you're watching a weatherman by the way this is not a left or right thing George no, Bush no, senior has become so much above like I'm above everybody else I'm the former director of CIA I have more experience in politics than anybody else and the lady from our the lady asked her asked him the question about debt how does the national debt affect your family and says what you don't think I'm affected by the debt and then Bill Clinton comes and says ma'am can you please tell me how it's affecting your life and a lady answered and says, you know what, in the state of Arkansas, here's what I do. What we've done in our state is we yep. understand what it is to go through this, and I understand your feelings, and if you vote me as your president, I will be able to help da-da-da-da-da. It's the economy, stupid. Bill Clinton equals Donald Trump in this situation, circulating amongst troops. 
Absolutely. They relate to the average person. Why, why do you think um, Kamala? Some th this has to be a strategy of some. Some like I'm not a big fan of Kamala. negative attention. It's, yeah, it's why negative would she, attention uh, if she doesn't go? If she goes, so that's the reason that they're saying, look, Kamala, don't go, because if you do go, it's going to be a lot of negative attention. How Kamala's I, at the border. The border's a mess. It's like bad PR. They so don't. they're making a conscious decision. I'm going to step back because her her response was, "I've never been to Europe," which was, I think, was ridiculous but okay let's there must just be say, a reason she's let's not just going. say you got your you always hide your brother away from your girl for whatever reason okay and then you go and you your girl meets your brother and all she talks about on the drive back from dinner is your brother and you're like dude you're with your, me why are you your, talking your about my brother actually kind of and a she cool says guy. Well, you know I what know. i like your brother he's so funny i like him so much that story he said oh my gosh and you're just like ah i can't believe he's talking about this I don't want to bring attention to it, right? This is the level of insecurity. Everybody has a level of insecurity. This is purely an insecurity thing. If they go to the border, it's going to show that Trump's policies did better on the border than theirs. That is not yep. going to help them for the next two years. So you cannot bring attention in an area where mm. Trump won. So that is a strategic move. Brilliant. It is a strategic yeah. move, but yep. it's not a brilliant strategic move. It backfires. It gives an opening to Trump. What they had to do is the following. This would have been a better move on them, my suggestion. Could be wrong. I'm just an entrepreneur. They could have gone there together and they could have said, here's what's happening. Here's the issue. Here's what we have to do about it. We're working on it right now. We have our team over there. And I went for myself to see it. This is what we're doing right. This is what we're not doing right. This is what we're going to get to the bottom of. Give us 90 days. That's the better approach. And the American people, you know what they would have said? Oh, okay, cool. All right, let's move on. You, you know the whole thing about the, the, the I'm sorry where you go out there and you say sorry and then people move on. Like, oh, okay, cool. Ah, it's, it's cool, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Mm -hmm. And just kind of move on. People forget. Sometimes people just want to know that you're putting, uh, paying, uh, putting the right attention to the issue that matters to them. They're not doing it with this. You know what would have been a boss move? What? If you do a bipartisan group that goes down together. Not going to happen. Not That's my happen. point. No is that they're so, no, no, no. both sides are so concerned. The last two presidents are the most divisive presidents both we've sides. had in a long time. Like at the end of the day, do you want to fix the issues or do yeah. you want to play politics? If you actually want to fix the issue, you bring a Kamala who goes with Greg Abbott. And you bring a Beto O'Rourke and yeah. you bring uh, representatives from Arizona, Texas. From both sides, and you actually yeah. figure it out. But no, they want to play politics. Both, Oba both, both sides Obama, are guilty. Both Obama and Trump did this. They both did it. Where mm -hmm. was getting away from the center? That yeah. we win when we go more to the center. I, I love. I love what Bill uh, Bill Maher is doing right now. Mm -hmm. I love what Stewart is doing right now. Mm -hmm. I love what Russell Brand is doing right now. I love what Tucker's doing right now. I love what a lot of these guys are doing right now, where they're calling out both sides. You need more of that. A little yeah. bit of Hannity is Hannity. Trump can't do nothing wrong in Hannity's eyes, but Trump can do a lot wrong in Tucker's eyes. Yeah. You need some of that today, and it's bringing us more to the center. center more center, unifying, center. less dividing. Center. We can have different uh, differing yeah. opinions, but we got to be more in the center to understand. By the way, somebody commented here, and they said, uh, 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 career ships uh, said, completely agree with PBD. It's easy to get up and go to where the top people are. That's why I'm flying out to from UK to Florida to see PBD. Tom, Adam, and the vault in September. See you All there. Right. Richard, Ed, Richard, we're seeing, uh, looking forward to seeing you. I do a conference twice, uh, once a year, and it's called the vault conference. The yeah. last one we did, it was 2019. And people from 40 plus countries showed up. It was only 500 people. This one we're doing this year at the Diplomat. We're expecting 3,000 people to show up mm -hmm. from 100 plus different countries. And the speakers we're about to announce, they're very strategic speakers that we're going to have at this event. And it's going to be investors, founders, uh, entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, salespeople, employees who want to grow their business and those that are trying to raise their money. This is not an event I would miss if I were you, especially after us going through covid 
you're going to want to find out strategies that are working for people post-COVID. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot. There's a lot of money being made right now because people simply have better strategies than you. And if you're not yet registered and you want to go with us, go to, I think the, the website is what? TheVaultConference.com. Yeah, Can you put the it up, bro? Let's see it. Put the, uh, matter of fact, go to the website, TheVaultConference.com, to show it. Uh, we we want to see all of you. If you're not and registered yet, this is going yet, down. What early September? What are the dates exactly? First week of September. September first. September first second. At the diplomat, uh, and then we're doing some unique things at the end. We're going to get a yacht, and we're going to go out. The diplomat is a beautiful Sick. property. It'll be two and a half days of training. You'll get that manual that we have there, and the ticket uh, tickets go to the bottom. There'll be general seating. Uh, General seats, uh, platinum executive founder CEO. I think nice. CEO's fully sold out. It says five. I think it's one or two left. One yeah. or two left. That's about to be sold out, so you can't buy that ticket. Founder's about to be sold out. You can only buy the general platinum and executive mm-hmm. tickets. Uh, uh, and I definitely look forward to seeing many of you guys. And by the way, the people that want to come visit the South Florida, it's actually a, a cheaper time of year to come. A, you can fly into Fort Lauderdale or Miami to get to this location. And I got. I guess at the at right now, we got to give a quick shout out to. To the team that's putting this together, the sales guys, Leo, oh gosh, the VT Roy, team. They're doing a Eric, great job. Yeah. my guy Don, Donnie Brasco, they're doing a great job. I got to give them respect. They're doing a great job. They're all as well. Okay, having said that, gang, I Daryl, I think we're doing podcast next week, Monday, instead of Tuesday. So we're going to be doing podcast mm. on Monday next okay. week, not on Tuesday. So put it in your calendar, Monday, 9 o'clock, uh, uh, Sunville, or is it same time, 9 o'clock? Okay, Monday, 9 o'clock, not Tuesday. We will do it again next Monday, 9 o'clock. Have a wonderful weekend. Everybody, go Bucks. Take care. Bye-bye, bye-bye. <laughs>